Welcome to Poppycock Podcast with your host, Victor Pacheco, stand-up comedian, podcaster, Instagram star, and your host of this lovely show. We got a very special episode here today because I'm very happy and proud to present a really good friend of mine, Mr. Francisco Franco, who is a muralist, painter, ex-professor, 100% board-certified California poppy, and we got here on the sound engineering system, El Magico. What's up, what's up? Nothing much. Thank you all for joining me today here in lovely Oakland. Well, thanks for having us. Oakland, California. Thanks for that hamburger we had earlier, man. That was delicious. That's right. You know, it's just uh, I know how to get my Mexicans to do my show. I'm just like, hey, do you guys want some food and some beer, bro? You there, bro. Yeah, you guys, you have a good time. <laughs> no cerveza, no trabajo. That's right. <laughs> and today officially marks my third week not drinking alcohol. So thanks a lot, guys. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. Really? Congratulations. No, thank you. You're like, congratulations. I'll drink to that shit. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, I do stand-up comedy, so anytime that, like, you know, I want to get free drinks part of the pandemic, I get free drinks. And then look at you funny if you don't take the free drink, like you're being disrespectful. It's like, dude, do you guys have a fucking hamburger here? Because I'll eat that all fucking day. I'm right there with you, man. I haven't drank much since pandemic hit. Yeah, didn't you say the last time you That's drank was with me? Like it was, it was months ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago, man. Yeah. I Jesus. drank last night. You drinking last night? <laughs> I drank last night. Where are you what drinking? Happened, uh, uh, what do you call it? You Palomitas? went to a non-masker party. Palomitas and, yeah. The <laughs> valley is full of non-maskers out there, by the way. Jesus Christ. The motherfuckers out there don't care in Modesto. <laughs> I got shamed for wearing my mask out there. Yeah, dude. Wait, was it a bunch of Mexican guys? No, but everything white guys, Mexicans. I think oh, they were all giving you shit. I thought it was some like agro-Mexican shit because my dad's like, yo no uso la mascara. They, people just come up to you and they say, oh, we don't do that. <laughs> Right. Do we think? don't agree with your lifestyle choice yeah. of wearing a mask. How do you guys feel about these masks, right? Like, I'm a fat fuck. It's, like, so hard to breathe in these fucking masks. Oh, yeah, sometimes. I think they're necessary. Yeah. Listen, man, I haven't got sick in a year. I haven't been sick in a year and either. I get sick every year, and my whole family hasn't got sick. I've had, I've had <laughs> some bad um, allergies and maybe a stomach thing here and there late or whatever, but I haven't had the flu or anything like that. Nothing COVIDy. Nothing COVIDy. Nothing. Nothing. nothing, nothing, nothing. None of my kids. And my kids are. You know, I got a one. Uh, going to be one, and I got little kids there, so they get sick all the time. They bring all kinds of germs. Well, yeah, because they're not going to school right exactly. now because of the pandemic. That's why I'm not so sick it, because I'm not going to school substitute so teaching. Works. That's what I'm saying. So it's like it's necessary, man. It's stu- that was the way I looked at it too. I go, if this works, if I don't get sick in a year, then that means these masks work. <laughs> you keep on wearing the mask. Yeah, why not? <laughs> I thought I was going to be one of the first motherfuckers to get sick. Like I really did. I, I just like okay, I'm fat. Uh, I have sports. Yeah, I know. If, if I get COVID, I'm fucked. That's going, it. Going up and down the stairs I'm, here. I'm always amazed. Like if I walk into a bank and I see everybody wearing masks and there's pe- people of color in there, I'm like, damn, you know what? If this was two years ago, we'd get the, <laughs> we'd get the police called on us. <laughs> oh my God, dude. Yeah, dude, it is kind of scary going to a fucking bank with a mask on. It's like, do you want anything else? I'm like, yeah, give me all your fucking money. Huh. Hit the fucking floor. <laughs> I'm just fucking around. No, I'm, it's fucking, dude, I was at the bank the other day, or my credit union, I should say. They had the fucking uh, heater on at full fucking blast. I was fucking dying in there. I'm like, how do you guys work in here? Imagine if you had, like, a serious Coke problem working at that fucking credit union, and they had the fucking heat on full blast. Oh, jeez. 
Don't fucking suck, man. I, I don't know about you guys, but like I used to work at a call center and I used to do a lot of cocaine. Oh, wow. Well. It's like, hi, this is Victor Klein from Tregon Research. How are you doing today? Are you the man in the household? <laughs> great. Okay, great. We have a study going on next week and we're wondering if you'd be available. Okay, awesome. Great. Uh, so you said you're the head of the household. Uh, uh, what, what age range best describes you? Uh, are you between the ages of 25 to 34, 35 to 44, 45 to, 60, to 55, or are you over 55? Okay, great. Uh, <laughs> how much money do you make? It's just like it's just like I'm doing this all fucking day. What's it was, up with that white voice? So you're doing that white voice. You get more sales that way, huh? Well, well, yeah, dude. I get more people to want to talk to me because you know if I you know I call my regular was hey, what's up, dude? How you guys doing? Like, um, uh, do you want to try some samples next week and get paid? Because you don't like samples? What the fuck, man? People go to Costco just for the fucking samples. You don't want to fucking get paid for it. But yeah, dude. Like I've had a lot of shitty jobs, but. You're fucking, you know, here's the thing about Frankie that really is fucking hilarious. When I first met him, he said he was a painter and he's very Mexican looking. <laughs> so I thought he was like a, like a, a painter, like, you know, that like, like a Mexican painter, like a Mexican painter. <laughs> and then it turns out, like, yeah, I, I can do the whole house in like uh, three days. Listen, man, you know, you got to put down the foundation base coat first, okay? Then you, you got to sand it. You got to sand it first. Oh, you sound like more, <laughs> more educated than me about it, man. And I, I don't think I've painted a while, but. Uh, the thing about uh, Francisco Franco is that he's a really great muralist. Um, he he has art that actually looks like what it does. Like my art is fucking terrible. Like yeah. I, I can't even draw anything. Like so, I'd like to know more about your art right now, if that's yeah. cool to ask. How long have you been painting? Oh, paintings, um, shit, professionally. Yeah, yeah. Or or no, or when you start and then when you go. Professional. I don't know, man. I I've been painting. I've been drawing pretty much my whole life, but painting. As, like making money from it, I want to say at least. Well, I've been, I, I had a few you know murals here and there, but as far as like doing it professionally, it's, uh, it's like twenty years now. Oh my god, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, painting in oils and acrylics. Yeah, like, yeah. So I want to say twenty years. Jesus. So, so yeah, so um, so yeah, sorry. For twenty years, man. Twenty years, man. Jesus. So. How did you find out that you knew how to paint? Uh, well, as far as making art in kindergarten, man, I um. Uh, they had this thing, I still remember, we had to paint the zigzag dragon, and it was uh, this dragon on a skateboard, and he had a bunch of Zs on his back. I think it was a zigzag. Anyways, we did it, the whole elementary school. <laughs> How much in, acid was your teacher on right? giving you that fucking art assignment? And I, was, I was in kindergarten, and I, apparently out of the whole school, uh, they had like this little art show, mm -hmm. the zigzag dragon at the library, and I was the only kindergartner that was uh, involved in that, that got into that. So um, from that point on, I, I remember the teacher having a conversation with my mother, and she put me in a few little classes and stuff like that, but, you know, nothing nothing serious. And it, it, um, I did stop making art from the time I was, like, 10 to, like, 18, because I was, uh, after my mother died, man, and it was, like, my senior year in high school, I start, I stopped draw, uh, drawing after my mother died for some, without even knowing it. You know? I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, thank you, man. Uh, and, but it wasn't until I was, like, 17 in high school when I said, shit, I got to figure out what I'm going to do with my life. And I kind of just went back and said, you know, what do I like? What, what, if I could do anything, what would I be? You know, I just started brainstorming. And I knew I wasn't going to be president. So, um... Or, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, you weren't born here? Or what the fuck? No, no, no. I just, oh, you, know, you could be fucking president, man. I you're fucking today, talented at least something. I didn't bro. want to be president. I, I mean, you're not talented at scamming motherfuckers, but you could be fucking president, dude. Right, Don't, right. But, you know, I guess it was different back then when the 80s? Yeah. Or, or 90s? Oh, 80s, 70s. No, Jesus Christ. Oh, you look great then, man. It's that man. fucking Aztec blood then. That's right, man. You fucking Mexicans be throwing me off. Like, we all look good until we start looking like frogs. Right. Uh, we all end up looking like frogs in the end, huh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so Frogs with up. mustaches. Frogs with mustaches that drink a lot of tequila. And, and sombreros. And like to sing and cry at the uh, same time. Sombreros. 
and you know don't approve of uh, the homosexual lifestyle choices. But yeah, you know, no, you heard you heard about Vicente Fernandez. That's he, real shit, dude. Yeah, he will not get a organ fusion. What happened? He's dying. No, no, no. Well, he, I think he needed like a new liver or something. Yeah. And like he didn't want to get it from some, he didn't want to get like a random donor to give it to him because he was scared that it might be a homosexual or want, a drug oh, addict. He didn't want a drug addict's or a homosexual's uh, liver. Yeah, it's oh, like wow. fucker, that's gonna save your fucking. And for the record, like you know, a drug addict cannot donate their fucking liver. Right. Like it's they just don't well, do yeah, it. They probably wanted a good one. Like, they need a good one. Right. Yeah, they need a healthy one. Right. They're not gonna give you a drug addict one. I yeah. have not heard anything about this. This was oh. a few years ago. Yeah, dude, it it was like news every. I was offended. I was like, fuck you, Chente. You know, if, if if somebody's gonna fucking die and that person's gay and you can't take their liver, then fucking die, then you piece of shit. I don't know. But he has great music. Him. I'm not gonna lie. Genta's got great music. I know Mexicans are gonna be offended here. Like, whoa, you said fuck Genta? That's blasphemy. It is. It is blasphemy. But dude, I mean, it's just like if a gay guy hey, can save your life, he's rich, man. Well, of course he's rich, but what's he gonna do when he fucking is at the hospital Look. in the in the ICU and then he has a fucking gay Filipino nurse? What's he gonna do? I don't think that's the issue. I think. Oh well, he's in Mexico, but there's I still Filipino nurses in Mexico, dude. Don't fucking get it twisted. They're everywhere. There, <laughs> yeah. Filipino nurses will come to your country and save your life. So shout out to Filipino people. Yeah, but he's rich. He got choices, man. You know what I mean? He doesn't want a gay liver. He doesn't want a gay liver. You know? Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, what, what the fuck's he gonna think? That he's gonna just magically just start liking cock all of a sudden? I mean, it could happen. I don't think. No, dude. Pretty, there's no way, dude. There's no. That's not even plausible. How do you know, bro? There's no way they okay. Maybe if you got like a brain transfusion or something, then I've heard yes. of people who've gotten heart transplants who can feel the person that they um, they think they can feel the person that uh, they got it from. Dude, and that's crazy. There's this uh, boxer, I think, or some kind of MMA fighter, and he's got a heart. He said he can, he can even tell you what the person looks like, but he does. He's not sure. He's just an Asian woman, and he feels the Asian woman. So you know what I mean? Imagine having like so. What what happened? He could just is, magically is the donor fold a bunch really of shirts? an Asian woman. He thinks it is. He's almost 100% sure, but he doesn't know. He knows it's a woman, and that's it. Is he, like, great at origami and folding shirts? Or, <laughs> like, how does he know that she's Asian? I mean, that's kind of fucked up. He knows how to ki- make a serious fall all of a sudden? <laughs> like, what the fuck's going on? How the fuck do you know that's an Asian he, fucking heart? He automatically knows how to use a walk. Yeah, he's just like... Just, <laughs> hey, if you just get a heart transplant or a liver transplant and start wanting to take it in the butt, you, know, you got to take this thing kind of seriously, man. I mean, but, okay, let's check it out. Hypothetically speaking, let's say we match. We had the same, like... Uh, blood type, the same type of tissue and shit. God forbid you die before me, which is no way because I'm 400 fucking pounds. And and I get your I get fucking right heart. Over. I get your heart right. Let's just say it happens, right? What's going to happen? Am I going to learn how to be like a good muralist all of a sudden? You might, dude. That'd be fucking sick, man. I don't want you to die, but that would be cool. Because he's a great muralist. Frank Frankie's really talented. He's um, His murals actually are like very... What what genre of murals do you do? What's it called again? I don't know, man. I don't like to put myself in boxes. Like no, no, that. no but, boxes. No, but no, s- but if I had to, um, I'm definitely a Chicano artist, right? So there's a... Awesome. Def- there's a definite... Um, you, it, it, I mean, it's not like mainstream where you... Like impressionism or, or surrealism where you could... But if you see Chicano art, you'll you'll know what it is, right? And and Cheech, you know, Cheech and Chong, Cheech, uh, Cheech Marin... Um, he he talks about that. So he's a collector of Chicano art. So I, I want to say that I, I'm not in this collection, but I'm definitely in that uh, genre. I said of, of Latino art or Chicano art. You know what I mean? So there's there's a part of that. I, I but I also see myself as like a figurative artist or like a realist, even though I'm not. Like my stuff is not necessarily. It looks real, like it's there, but it's not necessarily real stuff. But I think it it definitely reflects reality. You know what I mean? So in that way. I see myself as a as a realist also and a figurative artist. You know what I mean? So and I paint portraits, so you know, I'm I'm kind of in that in that area, I guess. Dude, that's really fucking awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. And 
your most famous piece is the Dia de los Muertos with Marilyn Monroe, right? Uh, or I, that's the one that I saw on that one before I met you. All due respect, I guess that's uh, the one that I know you from because yeah. I've seen that before, and I'm like, well, I probably saw um, what's it called? Like people like stealing that image and like using it for their own. Right, I've had people make cakes and. Jewelry and tattoos and shirts and all kinds of stuff. Do they have to too. ask your permission for that? Yeah, they got to pay me, but I don't ever, you know, I don't ever get uh, any money, any royalties out. Oh, of that's it. bullshit. All I could do is just shame them. I have a lot of fans that call them out, and then they just <laughs> shame the shit out of them. <laughs> and uh, that's a real artist right there, where you got fans being like, "Hey, you're fucking up," and we're tagging the dude right now. I feel sorry for those people, man, because my fans, <laughs> is, and it won't end. Like, like the person will call me, like you know, we'll straighten things out, you know. I'll threaten them with a the, with the cease and desist. And no, fuck that shit. You go up to them with a tattoo, like, here's a cheese grater, bitch. No. You handle this shit right now. Yeah, You're the, fucking getting this some tattoo. Some of them are, are out of the, no, but some of them are out of the, you know, the stores or some of my shit. You know what I mean? They're out of the country. Like <gasps> oh, in Asia, no. like, like sweaters and all kinds of stuff. So I can't do anything about it, but I can shame the shit out of them so that they actually, and they do, they, they'll actually do something about it. I can't do anything about it. Even if I sued them, I'm not making enough, I'm not going to get enough money back. So, oh, my so God. So what I've been told by lawyers and other artists who have kind of go through the same thing. I do. Uh, say just t- you got to take it as a compliment. Man. Take yeah. it as a fucking... That's what they say about stand-up, too, when somebody steals your joke. It's like, no, motherfucker. You right. know how much fucking pain I had to go through to that's experience that? You're taking, you're taking... The way I see it is they're taking uh, food out of my kid's mouth. Yeah, dude. And you're really fucking talented, Thank man. You. Like, really fucking like... But, and, I, and I'm probably one of the most... I don't know anybody who's been... Um, and I've been told this before. I'm probably one of the most ripped-off artists out there as far as my imagery. But Jesus. I also get that I use a lot of pop imagery and popular imagery. So so I... So it's popular and people are going to like yeah, it. Yeah, but, but I also take from popular culture, but I do it right. You know what I mean? There's yeah. a certain thinking behind it, and there's a certain... I change things enough, and I... And I, uh, I, I read... I re, there's so much happening in there that you don't even know that I've done that. You know what I mean? So, But it's a different thing than taking directly from someone, and that's that happens to, to me a lot. But it sucks though when I'm, you know, you know. There's been times when I've been broke or whatever like that, you know, starving artist kind of thing. I know it doesn't look like I skip many meals in my life, but uh, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. I'm definitely not a starving artist. But you know what I mean. As, as having a family, I, I should get what I deserve for those. For, but it, but it is what it is, man. And and I'm lucky that my work has has actually sunk into the fabric of uh, American culture and just culture in general. You know, and it really has. So that's that's a pretty awesome thing to have and say. You know, dude. But the Marilyn Muerta is the one that put me on the map. The first work that I did that was Day of the Dead related was that big Gran Fandango. It was a mural Chachos. I painted that in 2003. And that kind of became where my... That work. was from 2003? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Oh, wow. And uh, But the Marilyn Muerta came in 2004, 2005, uh, kind of an offshoot. And that's the one that really put, put me on the map as far as... Uh, People just, you know. I saw it when I was on heroin, like yeah. around like 2009, 2010. Yeah. And I was just like, the when I first saw it, my first reaction was like, Marilyn Monroe would never fucking wear the other Los Muertos fucking makeup, you know? Of course not. Because like, I, I don't know, like it was like pretty fucking racist back then. But uh, it's like so iconic. It, it looks sexy. I like the painting. Yeah. Marilyn Monroe's sexy. I like the Dia de los Muertos makeup. So I'm not talking shit. I was that yeah. was my first. Re- I, by the way, like I was really fucked people up. weren't even really. They didn't even know what it was back then. Especially, it's a new kind of phenomenon. It's like I, we call it America's fastest growing holiday. New well, holiday. Well, yeah, because people could fucking get drunk and honor their their yeah. their their, their uh, relatives that have passed away. They're and, very cathartic and healing. You know, there's a lot that comes behind that. You know, there's a spiritual aspect to all that that people need. Especially in America, where you know we don't think about where we sweep we sweep death under the rug. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you know, the the, the truth is that 
that at the core of all human beings, the thing that we do have in common is uh, the kind of fear or death anxiety because it's a reality, right? Because we're creatures that know. So that's our kind of our curse, right? We know that we know, right? So we know we're aware of our own mortality and we do all kinds of crazy stuff because, because of it. It influences and, and makes us, it, you know, we've created culture, you know, we've created religions. We've created all kinds of stuff to um, kind of... Uh, and, and distractions as well, right, with entertainment and stuff, to not think about that ultimate reality that one day we're going to be be gone. But I think it's a good thing to think about because, you know, it makes you prioritize what's important in life, you know what I mean? And that we're not here for every, ever, and everything is temporal. So you start thinking about, well, where should I put my time? Should I be wasting it buying a brand new whatever? Or can I be with my family and getting along with my loved ones or, or making the best out of the friends that I have, you know, or the, and the family members, those people that are closest to us, you know what I mean? So that's why with the Grand Fandango, where they're all dancing, um, they're, they're eating, they're dancing, they're they're uh, they're singing. You know what I mean? They're they're doing all the things that that's important in life, or, or at least at, at the fundamental level. You know what I mean? And uh, those are the things that are important. You know, so that's why I think that kind of resonated too uh, with people. Well, yeah, it's one of the things that we death anxiety, man. It's very philosophical. So you. Your Dia de los Muertos, the, well, let's talk about the mural, and let's talk about uh, the Marilyn Monroe painting. How long did those take to conceptualize? And then, like, once you conceptualized it, how long did it take to actually put it on the wall or yeah. the so canvas, respectively? I was given, I had a roommate, my friend Jaime, shout out to Jaime Sandoval. Um, he uh, was running chachos at the time, and I was just, you know, new to San Jose for the most part. And I just started hanging out with these guys, and uh, they offered me to do the mural there. And he couldn't pay me as, you know... He kind of paid, there's this huge wall, right? And he's all, just do what you want. I, well, he offered to pay me extra amount, then he'd feed me and get me drunk and all that, so bring me beers and all that stuff, you know, while I was there. And uh, so what I did was I, I, I actually painted it over a summer, which was a fun summer, you know what I mean? I, I would just, I'd come in the afternoon after lunch, rush, and I would just paint to like six or seven, and then the beer, pictures of beer would come out, and then chiladas, and then <laughs> we'd go paint again. Is it the- harder or easier to draw when you're drinking alcohol? Uh, I like to drink, so I don't know. Um, <laughs> some artists don't. Picasso never drank. Uh, I mean, you can't get wasted. All due respect to Picasso, I, I know he's uh, he's legendary, but I, you, you're a better you're a better artist than him. All due um, respect. I mean, I don't know. All due respect. And this is from the outside looking in. Yeah. Because like I'm no Picasso for sure. Well, yeah, because you know your 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 people you draw are fucking symmetrical as fuck. Yeah, and yeah. um, <laughs> well, he was doing stuff like I'm doing now when he was 15, 16 years old. What? No, yeah. yes, that's why he could. Do I don't what he know. Does now, well, then he went from master to to master doodler. Like exactly. in my opinion, no offense or anything. No. I can't I can't even draw those quote unquote doodles this that is I'm what he saying. Did. This is what he did. He he was too good. He got bored of it. He went from uh, doing the all the academic stuff putting that under his belt, kind of getting bored with it. Then he went and um, he went and started to absorb all the masters. He just started absorbing everybody's style and working in everybody's style until he found out who he was. And then so it, the whole thing was just about kind of um, who I, I, I want to see who can F off the most and get away with it. But he became like a child in the end, like like an innocent, right? He started drawing dicks. Did he? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because I also started drawing sure dicks at the right. end of his life. I learned that on The Sopranos, by the way. Really? <laughs> yeah. I had, to, I had to go check that out because, like, I'm like, no. I mean. But then I was like, oh, yeah, Sopranos he, won't lie like that. He wasn't the only was He wasn't was was got too much on the line. But, yeah, so, yeah, no, I got love for it. But, no, I. I do you draw I, dicks? Um, If I need to, yeah. Okay, when do you need to draw dicks? Not 
today, but <laughs> I could. I mean, if I really wanted to draw a dick, I mean, all, so, you, have, all so, you have to do is pose for me. Don't you? Yeah, I'll pose for you, baby. You but know, you, you might even, not have enough paper or ink, but you you're gonna fucking get it. You don't even have to draw, take your clothes off. I'll just draw a dick. Right? <laughs> How fucking good of a fucking dick did you draw to other kids when you were a kid? Like just doing like, hey, eat this fucker. Oh, uh, I don't know, man. I wasn't too much into dick. Dick drawing. You weren't drawing dicks? What's no. wrong with you, man? I thought you were a fucking artist. I am. I'm just was. fucking with you, man. That's like the only thing anybody knows how to draw is just a cock and balls. That's the thing that you see in all the, all the walls, right? Yeah. Cock I'm, and balls. <laughs> cock and balls, man. Uh, they found, um, I don't know if it was like an etching or an actual painting of cock and balls that are like over 3,000 years old and some some like ruins or some Jerusalem and it was like to talk shit to some, the Philistines or what. I'm like, wow. Hey, bro, it doesn't get any fucking baser than cock and balls. That's all. But I mean, they were tagging cock and balls like 3,000 years ago and shit and then these fucking assholes show up and they tag it on the side of a school but you know and they what? think they're fucking originals. We've been doing it forever, man. That's what that whole obelisk and all these big temples are all about, man. They're just big phallic cocks. Yeah, right? Yeah, it all comes down to sex. They man. either look like titties or like ding-dongs. Yeah. Why is that? It's just like, oh, they'll come. Like, you know, like, and because, that's it's, where, because it's life, bro. That's, that's part of advertising then. Then they fucking yeah. knew back then. It's life. Everything centers around life. It's all about uh, reproducing and fertility and being, you know, Picasso was all about that too, about being a strong, barrel, creative, because creation is life. Yes. You know what I mean? So life is creation and life is like sex. And as a matter of fact, man made, uh, invented um, uh, art as a, uh, because women own kind of the, the pregnancy and, and life and how they, you know what I mean? Men had to kind of figure out their own fucking thing. So they created art as a distraction. Are you saying a man created art? Um, yeah, I am. Okay, are you 100% sure about that? I'm, uh, I would bet a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to lie. I'm not calling you out. I'm not like, hey, no. this needs to be politically correct. It's just more like. No, I mean, I could no, get I'm, I'm deeper, serious. I, and I don't mean that in a, in a sexist way. I don't mean that in a, I mean that. And, I, and I'm not saying that women, I'm not saying that women can't do what men can do. I'm just saying that it was different back in the day and men kind of had to figure out you know, women are, are like nature, right? And man kind of had to, they control who they were going to breed with and who was, you know, they're like mother nature itself. Their, their bodies are connected to the moon and their cycles and all that stuff. All that has to do with the cycles of life. So man had to figure out another way to. Yeah. To, to, and also uh, thinking about it, though, too, like the way men have always been throughout history. Isn't it possible that it was like it was illegal for women to publish books at one point? Was it? So wasn't it illegal possibly for women to publish works of art? Or murals or paintings. I think they just weren't into that kind of thing at those at, at during that time. It was a man's game. It still is in many ways. You know? Oh, okay. Oh, and, I'm, okay. and I'm not saying that women can't do that. We're the different. It's time. just dominated. It's mostly like if you if if you look at muralists, the majority of them are men. Yeah, it's just the thing. That, it's a matter of fact. Like the the majority of comedians are men. Yeah, it has nothing to do with them. And, and yeah, and I know a ton of women that are fucking better than me. Yeah, funny, that are funnier yeah, yeah, than yeah, me. That mean and, they can't do it. I, I'm not talking about those things, but I am definitely talking about like. It was definitely an invention to civilization itself was a distraction. And again, it goes back to that death anxiety concept because, you know, women kind of control life and their vaginas represented the, the tomb too. not just life, you know, like the cave, but also like the tomb. When you go back to death, you're going to go back into the cave, back into mother earth. I think if a woman heard you say that, you'd go back to the fucking tomb for sure. Um, yeah. Because you know, he's like, don't talk about my vagina like that. Cool. But you know, but you know what I'm saying? It's a place of, and, and you know, women have destroyed men and vice versa. <laughs> Well, there, there, there's some truth to that, you know? Yeah, well, I don't know. Men are pretty fucking destructive, too. I mean, oh, for like, sure. I've never seen a lady world dictator be like, I'm going to fucking, you know, cause war. But then again, there was ruling lady monarchs. 
Queen. I don't know why I'm saying Lady Monarchs. You know why I'm saying Lady Monarchs? Because uh, female comedians don't like to be called female comedians, so I call them lady comedians or comedians that are females. Uh-huh. And it's just like that's how fucking politically correct shit is these days. Like you gotta you gotta walk on eggshells, and then it's like comedians like we're joke slingers, but yet we're the most fucking sensitive people out there that can't take a joke or or like a title or like a type of a description. Like people get offended. Like no, actually, I want it like this, and it's just like, dude. Nobody yeah. fucking knows. Like, I could ask you guys about it now, too. How do you guys feel about the word Latinx? Uh, yeah, I, I don't care for that. Are we you Latinx or are you Latino? Because I'm not fucking Latinx. Latinx sounds like some bullshit that some fucking kid who didn't really, like, get hugs from his dad, and but all of a sudden wants to be Mexican all of a sudden. They're like, oh, I'm not Latino. Oh, they're Latino. Oh, that's very sexist. I'm Latinx. That's like... I, yeah, I, I think Latinx is for the the new the new kids, the younger don't generation. Speak Spanish, who, which is no, hilarious. actually, do they speak Spanish? Does, does anyone? It's, who, it's because it's a non-gender yeah, title. Yeah, yeah, no, but, but why so, is it called Latin Equis? Latino Equis. I have. No yeah, why is it in English? That's what I want to know. Uh, I don't. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Why is it in English? Why is it the white? That's true. The, the English That's version true. is telling us how to what we have to call ourselves. Latin Equis, right? Because we're, we're supposed to speak Spanish, right? Yeah, or dude. Whatever yeah. language we speak. And um, it would be Latinx. Why? Why does it gotta be uh, an English term? That's what I think is funny. But then, like, how come these motherfuckers that are like, let's change the word to Latinx so it's not no fucking genders? How come they don't fucking go to Mexico City and be like, hey, being gay isn't wrong, and you're not gonna go to hell if you're gay necessarily, <laughs> and like, we're gonna change the whole fucking culture. You think you're gonna change the whole fucking culture by grouping us all as Latinx, and all of a sudden we're gonna stop being homophobic and we're gonna stop fucking pressuring. 10-year-old kids into having two families at the same time? Right. Like, you know, and that's the type of pressure. Like, you know, when I was 10 years old, like, my uncles, every fucking time we got together for a party or a posada or a bur- or um, a wedding, it's just like, oh, hey, mijo, tienes una novia? It's like, hey, what's up, son? You, yeah. got, you got a girlfriend? It's just like, I'm fucking 10 years old. Like, yeah. I don't even know what I'd do with a girl if I had her right now. Like, and no idea and That's shit. And then, like, gay. my dad, well, yeah, well, I mean, that was my next fucking point. I, I, I mean, I might as well be because, like, I remember being in elementary school and I'd ask my dad, hey, can I got, can can I have some a sleepover? He's like, who's coming? And I'm like, Ramon, Alex, Bryce. And he's like, what about girls? Any girls fucking coming? And I'm like, no. He's like, why the fuck do you want guys to spend the night? I'm like, dude, we're, we're just going to fucking watch porno on the satellite. No big deal. Like, what's yeah. the fucking problem? And, well, like, we definitely get... Uh, we were raised in a very macho, uh, super macho. macho because I, I started thinking about my teenage and even my early twenties, man. It was like just, just the idea of chasing girls and going to the club and doing it. It, it was such not even who I was as a, per, as a person, <laughs> but you, you know, did it. Yeah, I did it because that's what my friends were doing. And they, if it was, there was something wrong with me, if I wasn't doing that chasing tail, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You're gay. You're a fat. And <laughs> just even our jokes, we're always constantly like, Busting each other's balls about like you're gay or this and that, and it's really not even. About, it's just like this. Um, we're constantly having to prove ourselves in our culture that we're not gay, right? Right. And, but then you know what though? When Latinos are men. gay, we are the gayest. We're the best, I think, in my opinion. Like nobody's more colorful than a Latino or Latinx gay person, in my opinion. I haven't. Paid I think we do it. The, I'll start. No, for real. <laughs> oh well, then. But also though, I think the most imitated though is the black gay man. Really? Yeah, like white girls try oh, to act yeah. like gay black men. That's what that's somebody said that some some comedian. That's I didn't make so that up. True, I, I didn't I didn't make that. I wish I was like that astute of an observer, but unfortunately, yeah. that was something that I heard somebody else say, and I was like, that makes fucking sense. But I, that's what white people get accused of all the time. Is basically, um, 
Well, what do you the fuck do you think came up with Latinx? It was probably some fucking white person with a Latino. Do they care about Latinx in Mexico? Are they having this conversation? They care more about what the fuck gender than than the whole race. But what I'm saying is, are they having this argument about Latinx in Mexico? No. In Colombia? No. So that's what I'm saying. Why are we having this? We're having this debate for the same reason why we have art, for the same reason why we have stand-up, for the same reason. I don't know why we're talking about it, but I don't know how... It's just funny. It's you know a distraction I mean? from the industrial yeah. war complex that this country and the rest of capitalistic societies contribute to on the regular, and that's what we're known for, man. Right. Just making money and just exploiting everything and getting – because if we were to just concentrate on what politicians are doing and the decisions that they're making uh, uh, domestically and internationally, we, we'd have a fucking revolution. So that's why we have to have all this art. We have to have all this entertainment. We have to have all these gossip columns. We have to have all these entertainment shows to get the fucking heat off of the people in charge who could actually potentially start a fucking world war. Yeah, dude, and I think things are changing because of that, too, because now that people are paying attention, it's like, look at all these politicians you got and the stupid things they're saying. Like, this guy from uh, Texas who just got um, quit, the, one of the mayors of some city. Like, he was like, well, you know, don't look for us for help and blah, blah, blah. Oh, and, all and it's like, dude, that's your job, dog. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> your job. It's like, could you imagine going to work and just saying, uh, telling your students that, like, you know what I mean? Like, like hey, you guys got to start studying on yourself and education is important and, and, and teach yourselves. I don't have to be here. Can you imagine saying that? <laughs> you know, you and, never say it, you just internalize it. Yeah, yeah. But, but uh but, no. But, exactly. But no, you just do something about it. You're there to work. And these people like they're I feel like they go into office and, and people aren't into politics like they you know, like they probably the way they should in these communities and they just over there being lazy, just raping the you know what I mean, getting paid for doing nothing, playing golf or you know what I mean? And I think we're seeing it more and more and more. Well, yeah, dude. I mean, but like these also, these elected officials, they're in fucking Congress for like 20, 30, 40, 50 fucking years. Yeah, man. And they make, they get rich doing it. They're that. super rich. I mean, and they're, they're supposed not. supposed to be, our, they're, they're public servants, man. But, yeah. dude, they're not getting rich. Off, if you were to fucking add up yeah, how much they make per move. year, no, no. dude, that's fucking lobbyists. No, no, no. But yeah, that's fucking. Exactly. They're busting moves, too, like on the side. They're like, oh. Yeah, those know. side moves are totally counterintuitive exactly. to the American people, democracy, exactly. and uh, what, what they're supposed to do for the greater good of our nation, so we man. Vote all these motherfuckers out. But even if we vote these motherfuckers out, the next puppets that come in are going to fucking be doing the same shit. We got to be honest. Or get fucking Hillary Clinton fucking suicided and shit. Why? I don't know, because Jeffrey Epstein had a lot of shit to fucking say, and she didn't want him to fucking say it. Oh, you mean she took him out? Yeah, dude. I mean, fuck, how many times was fucking Bill Clinton on that fucking plane? He was on that fucking plane at least 21 times. And that was Jeffrey Epstein's plane. What about fucking Clinton's plane or the Clinton Foundation plane and all the other fucking planes? These guys are depraved. That's what I'm talking about. We got a lot of depraved people in office we gotta we gotta pay attention to these dudes vote these efforts efforts out you know what i mean yeah we gotta get them out man but then who the fuck are we gonna get in man and we gotta get more people that look like us and who the fuck do we get fucking ted cruz beto o'rourke no, and all these other fucking color mark rubio no no but it, i'm not saying that it's that it, it well it kind of does matter yeah, because does. like i mean they just because people who no one gives a fuck about brown people until right. until white people right. have like a fucking yeah, son or daughter that fucking marries a brown person. They have a kid with them. Then all yeah. of a sudden, hands across America for this brown person, right. this brown kid that you didn't give a fuck about until yeah. they became related I have to black you. children. How dare you call me racist? Yeah, that's black exactly what they do. And then they fucking continue being fucking racist. Yeah. And, you know, it's just like if you want to make a joke about it, that's one thing. But if you're going to actually like live a lifestyle where you condone this and you like tell everybody about it and you 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 accept it and this is what's acceptable now it's really fucked up and counterintuitive i know i just said that but it's not it's not okay 
You're absolutely and, right. You know, it's like, but but then again, I'm a fu- I'm very privileged. You know, I right. speak perfect English. Of um, who told you that? I speak perfect oh. English, man. I speak great. Well, you get you get paid to teach it, right? Don't you? I do get paid to teach English. So there you go. Yeah, you, that's you know, you know good English. Dude. We're, privileged. We're, we're actually as Latinos, I think all three of us share privileged just being here. In this yeah, country totally, one hundred percent. Being able to do the things that we do and be able to represent, I think we're definitely. Privileged. But that's why it's important for us to do things to speak out. You know, as a comedian, I, you know, uh, you know, there's a lot of political stuff that you can touch on, and these all. It, there's a lot of touchy stuff out there that, that uh, only people like, I, I feel like thank God for the comedians because they can talk about the stuff and, and, um, and, and make light of it. Right? And, right. and make it in a way that we can, we could actually have a discussion and relate without flipping, exa- without flipping things on, on a stupid way. You know what I mean? Like we could talk about black lives matter and not have to make all lives matter. You know what I mean? Like a, a comedian can, can, can balance through that stuff and really get to the truth of what's really happening um, without the bullshit. I feel like, you know? Yeah, dude. Most of the time, yeah, but then, like, a lot of times when political topics are being said, it's to pander to that specific audience. Like, I see all these comics here in the Bay Area, fuck Trump, fuck Trump, fuck Trump, and it's just like, okay, well, how are you going to do in fucking Florida or in Texas, asshole? Like, because, like, they're not going to take too kindly, and you might get fucking run off stage, or somebody might pull out a gun in a fucking place where the people could carry guns. Right, so, and you're a fucking Mexican from uh, California yeah, and talking shit. And you're like, no, dude, calm down. It's just a joke, bruh. Then <laughs> they understand right away. It's like stand by you your throw, fucking. You throw that little. You throw that in that little white accent, then they understand you. Yeah, they understand. You know, it's just like Please relax. Yeah, well, I mean, I throw people off like a lot of times. Oh, of course, you have to. I mean, you have to, man. Mm-hmm. It's it's your defense mechanism, you know, because yeah. you don't want people to be fucking racist. I mean, I talk like such a white guy. Sometimes white people confide in me and say really right. racist shit. Oh yeah, and I'm oh, just you're like, not one of those kind. Have you ever got yeah. Those? Oh, of course, man. They're like, I oh, feel like all all Latinos that uh, or Mexicans, I want to say that at least that I know, and they always <laughs> that work with white people. They're always they always got you know they're always being told yeah yeah you're not like those guys. Of or course not, because you're working with one of us, and that will lower your status if you were like one of them. Exactly. So that, that's that, that's what I mean. And, and until you start working with one and you get to know one, and it's just like that's that's the type of people that we are, man. Yeah. You know, hardworking, really, really, you know, family oriented. Likes to get super drunk. Likes to party. Enjoy life. Likes to dance. That's likes to listen I feel, to music. I feel like that's a, that's why when uh, Trump was talking all this shit about Mexicans and immigrants, it's like the immigrants are some of the you know at least the ones I know from Mexico. They're some of the coolest. Honest, hardworking, humble, beautiful people that you'll ever meet. And it's like, how dare you call these people rapists? And, yeah, and I've never raped anybody you know, in my fucking know, goddamn they're, life. They're, I'm 35. And they're, you know, they're not rich. They don't have a, a lot of these means, and they're, but they're, they're fantastic people. I agree. So, and and, and, and the, where it counts, you know what I mean? That's why they're raising their kids and, 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 you know what I mean, doing their yard work. You know what I mean? They're not here to be criminals you know what i mean in general you know what I mean? yeah but like just like with any race there's always criminals and it's yeah. just like then it's like oh fuck them and you know i i remember when i was on fucking prescription pain pills and i'd see fucking so-and-so martinez or so-and-so Gutierrez or so-and-so some last mexican the mexican last name and it's rape somebody i'm like you fucking piece of shit Make you it look bad for all of us. You made it look totally bad for all of us, man. Then I'm going to be walking down the street, and then people are going to be like, oh, my God, is he going to rape me? And That's it's like, no. That's about Richard Ramirez, the Night Stalker. Dude, yeah, and he had fucking groupies. I know. He had groupies because he was on TV. He oh, was my a God. Latin lover, bro. He was yeah, he was a Latin lover, but he would, like, fuck you without his, without your consent. So that's right. <laughs> so, so that guy's a piece of shit. Yeah, man. And, yeah, and, he's all, and then, and then he, did you see how he got his fucking teeth fixed for the trial and shit? No. Nah. 
Okay, so like he looked like a fucking tweaker. Yeah, yeah. Because like he was a tweaker. Or a cokehead or crackhead or some shit. Like they had the worst fucking teeth. He looked like a fucking jack-o'-lantern. But then come his his court case, he got new teeth, he got a haircut, and he looked fucking hot. Is he looked hot. Still? No, he recently died, I believe. Of what? I don't know. Maybe fucking being in the canitis. Yeah. And I don't know, he was in the he was in the can. He was I think he was on death row, I wasn't too sure. Uh, but he had his own fucking documentary on Netflix. Yeah, I know that. I should be even start locking my doors. Dude, you weren't locking your doors before? Not as much as I Oh, no, dude. I would have locked my doors, dude. Like well, every single... in Oakland, bro. I mean, when I was living in San Carlos with my parents, which is the city of... Dude, I went to the same elementary school where Diane Feinstein went and yeah. Dana Carvey. Oh, wow. That's how fucking white of a school I went to growing up. Like, my second grade teacher, Mrs. Rolfe, told my mom that I could not stop talking and that I had a motor mouth that drove her to drink. Uh-huh. And so, like, she really said that back to my mom back in 1992. You can't say that to a kid's parent now. Hey, your kid talks so fucking much that it causes me to drink and turn into a fucking filthy drunk. Like, that's what she pretty much told my mom. And my mom's all, my mom told me, like, I got to change my behavior because I'm making my teacher drink. And I'm like, my mom and dad don't drink, so that must be fucking terrible. <laughs> you know, so by the last day of school, I showed up with a bottle of rum, and I gave it to Mrs. Rolfe. And oh, that's, that's, how I, that's how I passed second grade without knowing English nice, that good. Nice. Fucking like, apple. You know, same fucking, like, like a bottle of rum. Dude, a bottle of rum, dude. She, was, uh, she liked me after that, and then she came through, and she gave me a $20 gift certificate to Blockbuster. That's how much she liked her gift. <laughs> She's like, here, here's some buyback. But, you know. If I give you a little doc, and you point out where she touched you? No, dude, she oh, touched. Okay, right here, right in the heart. She touched me right here in the heart. That's uh, that's where the teachers. That's the only time. That's a good teacher. That's the only place teachers should touch you is in your heart, in your mind, and in your soul. If they touch yeah. you anywhere else, they're fucking creepy pieces of shit. Like, dude, I, dude, there's we we had this principal. I'm not going to say his name. We used to call Mister Ball Diego though because he was bald, right. and his name was Mister Diego. But he would fucking always put his fucking creepy ass hand on everybody's lower Ugh. back. Guys and girls, and I'm just like, dude, get your fucking petter ass away from me. I don't want you. Like, how are you a principal, dude? Fucking, like, you should not be around kids. Don't be fucking touching people. And, like, you know, this was back in the late 90s. So people were like, like the eighth graders, when I was in sixth grade, they'd be like, get your hand off me, faggot. I'm like, oh my God, you're going to get suspended, dude. We used to have uh, uh, one of those, what do they call those little narcs? Hall monitors. Hall monitors in high school. And uh, there was one that we had (laughs) that was accused of some shit. Touching people like that. Wait, the hall monitor was an adult or a kid? Yeah, he was an adult. Oh, no. Yeah. Froilin, that was his little fucking ass name. Did he get fired? Yeah. Okay, I, good, I, because sometimes they just let that shit slide like nothing little, happened? He did get a, a do-over? He did a little search in the men's restroom at some after-school event one day and led to some allegations. <laughs> That's fucking disgusting, man. Know, right? Like, you know, like I've been teaching this whole fucking time for like 10, well, I mean, not including the pandemic, 10 years. And, like, you know, kids are the most vulnerable fucking people, like, ever. And the fact that, like, adults prey on I had to take a whole fucking um, wow. training. Is that when you got in trouble? No, I never oh. got in trouble. No, <laughs> hell, I'm, I'm still able to teach. You do a uh, Department of Justice FBI yeah. background on me, and it's just like, oh, this guy's a fucking loser and doesn't have a job right now. But there's nothing, like, illegal that I've done. But I had to take this fucking training, and they're telling us how to fucking identify an adult 
predator really? and their behavior and how they interact with kids and what their plan is. And it's called grooming. And they like find a, a kid that they're interested in. That's vulnerable. And I'm like, I'm like 20 minutes in this tutorial. And I'm just like, are you guys teaching me like how to fuck a kid or what the fuck? Why am I? And I felt so dirty. I'm just all like, yeah. And then they'll invite the kid and give them something that nobody else does. So they feel special. And he, and, and then the teacher builds a rapport with the student and then the student trusts the teacher. So then they go outside off the campus and then that's how it's fucking. And I'm like, Oh my God, Yo, dude, there, there's an actual step-by-step step how these adults uh, prey on children. And then, then after 36 minutes of it, they're like, okay, well, if you see an adult doing this, please uh, notify the, the main office at the school and also the district office. And also you're going to want to write a mandated reporter report. But I'm just like, dude, if I see somebody doing that, I'm going to fucking beat the shit out of them. Yeah. Then you guys do the fucking paper, not, <laughs> not me. I'll do my civic fucking duty and beat the fuck out of one of these fucking creepos. I like, I don't need this shit. Yeah, man, that, that's that's like the evil of the shit, right? Yeah, and it's fucked up because like you know people like I've who I've done drugs with, they're just like, oh, they trust you with kids. I'm like, bitch, I don't do drugs while I'm at work. Yeah. What do you think I'm fucking doing? Just chopping up some fucking lines at my desk and be like, all right, guys, put your heads down for five minutes. Oh, jeez. Like, jeez, what the fuck do you think I'm doing, man? You know, smoking a joint before work, that's a different story. Yeah, I could, I've done a lot of coke in my life. Never made me want to touch no kids. Huh? Yeah, dude. <laughs> if anything, I'll make you want to kill the kids, which is... <laughs> but anyway, no, dude, I just fucking... Like, you know, we, we live in such a fucking sh- terrible world with terrible things, and it's just like... I don't know. Like, like I'm so glad I'm not teaching right now because, like, what these kids experience at home, that shit bleeds into fucking school. And yeah. it bleeds into my life. And it's just like, I'm feeling sorry for a kid that doesn't give a fuck about me. Yeah. I've been called at, at least three different times at three different schools. I've been called a faggot for making students read. I've actually had three different students at three different schools tell me three different times that only faggots read. And I'm just like, dude. That's like not true at all because I went to university and I've been reading solidly for like four years nonstop and not one time when I was when I was reading or when I was done reading was I thinking man I wonder what my boy Ramon looks like in the shower man I wonder like what his hair smells like I wonder if Ramon's thinking about me right now like that never happened like I never got no sudden urges to suck a cock or have a dude suck my cock and I don't got a problem with with but but, but, no I mean I, I must be reading the wrong books yeah, let me get some of your library collection oh, over there, Frankie. <laughs> Got to read some of these books. That's going to open up my mind and open up my well, my pants. Up. Apparently, uh, your legs. Uh, dude. Yeah, my legs and my and my butt. But um, yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, man. I love how we we went talking about politics to to, to gay sex. That was a that was a jump. No, it's really. It's it was a jump. It's all connected. It is all connected, yeah, man. All yeah, connected. you know, we're talking about all these sick fucks out there. Anyone listening? Exactly. Like, Those are the sick fucks. Those are the but, sick fucks. But going back to what we're saying, man, you know, um, that we are blessed. People like you, people like myself. Um, we have to do something good with what, our gifts, man. And, and, you know, we were talking about earlier before the podcast about how we're all kind of fucked up. <laughs> but that's what makes us interesting, right? Most Emotionally. Of, most of, yeah, most of the people who, who are interesting or are doing really cool things are usually fucked up somehow, something along the way, right? And uh, we just found a healthy way to outlet, you know, my guess for it, mm-hmm. and um, in a sane way. And so I think I just think it's important that we really have to um, 
because we have that position and we've been through, we have to be the healers because we f- figured out a way how to heal through that, I guess, through our art or whatever we do. And so we kind of have to, um, even though it's hard for all of us, it's always going to be hard, um, that we have to use our gifts to, to kind of, um, you know, reach out and, and let people know that there's more out there than the, than the crap and the bullshit. And the, we got to be better than people just for the sake of it sometimes too, you know what I mean? Because there are garbage motherfuckers out there. You know? There are. There and really are. Let the world know that. Not everybody is, you know what I mean? And they, and that's the fucked up thing is because society or the media or whatever, they'll try to make us look like we're the bad guys because of the way we might talk or the color, whatever it is. But we're really not those people, you know? And that's that's the um, what I think that we, that's kind of our job to have to expose and, and prove wrong too, you know what I mean? By, by living uh, through example, you know what I mean? Not just by talking shit, you know what I mean? Even though that's what you do well. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean? not always, so, but... um. No, I mean, but you know what I mean. No, by, I know what you mean. I'm just by, by talking shit right now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I have a question, though. Like, yeah, sure. with uh, legacy and workmanship, when you're painting a mural, is it is it just a job? How um, much of your soul are you putting into it? Does I'm always it, putting does all it, my soul into it. So it doesn't, like, like for example, like if like a $500 job versus a $5,000 job. Uh, like, I'm how much it. of your soul is in it for the $500 job versus the $5,000 job? Uh, I, or is I'll it like what, the same 100% all the way through? Like, it just doesn't matter. Nothing just... makes my soul sing better than money, I'll tell you. That. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, no, okay. No, no, and that's, that's, that's fucking great. That's honest. Put, I love it. I'm going to put my soul into everything. Okay, cool. If I have the means to be able to put more of my soul into that, meaning that... Uh, that extra money is going to pay my bills or, or feed my children that I have more time to give to the artwork than I'm going to choose. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to choose the money. I mean, I don't even want to say that because I'm not doing it for money, but I'm, I'm the money helps. Is what I'm, it, help, it allows me to put my soul into the work the way I, the way I can, and the way I should. Okay. No, that's tight. That no, the reason why I ask is because like sometimes with comedy. Okay. So I'm not like a 20 year veteran master like yourself, I'm eight years in. So you're eight year old. So I'm in a little eight year old baby, right? So I'm like touching my dick right now. That's like the stage where I'm at with my comedy. And so like uh, some of the gigs, like we're lit, like a little bar show, will pay like ten, fifteen, or twenty dollars. Oh no, dude, I paid. I paid my dues. Too. Yeah, I've got when, especially when you're first starting. I tell this to all the artists. You know, they all want. You know, they want at least minimum wage, right? For yeah. what they're doing. More, most of them want more. Who doesn't? And probably deserve more. And that includes me too, but you're not always going to get that. And so you have to develop, you have to, you have to make sacrifices so that you can get your name out there and then start making that money that, uh, that you need during the, during this pandemic, I had to, um, you know, I had a couple of big gigs that were going to come up for some good money and they got canceled last minute because people didn't know what was going on. Uh, and I was, I was lowering my prices on, on, uh, some of this, the work I was doing because, um, um, I just didn't want to lose another gig, you know what I mean? And I needed the money. So even if it was a less than I deserve, it's better than nothing. You know what I mean? I, I wouldn't have got that money doing anything else. I'm still going to put my heart and soul into it, but it just makes, a, it makes, um, and then another thing is I have to going back into, you know, I believe in putting energy into things, right? Your time, your love or whatever, your, your soul, whatever. It's all, it's all energy that you're feeding into this thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I've got to go do other things to make money just so I can, go back and get that thing done right. You know what I mean? Like I have to um, make make those sacrifices. So I'm not getting paid what I should, but I'm doing other things so that I could um, put more heart and soul in, into that, the job that I'm doing. So, um, you know, 
Definitely. Uh, so, no, I, I've paid my, and sometimes I still do. Well, no, I mean, like, but but also, though, I didn't, I didn't finish the question, because I, <laughs> I was going to say, like, some of these gigs are like 10, 20, 15 bucks. Some of them are 50, some of them are 100, some of them are 150, some of them are 250, some of them are $500 gigs, some of them are $1,000 gigs, and some of them are free fucking gigs where you yeah. literally go out and you showcase and you get zero fucking dollars. Yeah. They don't even pass around a bucket. They don't, they don't have a, a deal with a venue where it's like, oh, you're going to give us X amount of money to, yeah. to put on a show that's X amount of minutes. None of that shit. I've done shows like that. So I was doing the show two years ago in Calexico oh. at a brewery and um, I didn't talk about if it was going to pay. As a matter of fact, there was a music show, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to have a comedy show there too at the same time." Nobody came for the comedy show; everyone was there for the music. But at any rate, I had a really good fucking set, and guess how much I made? I made zero fucking dollars. Whoa. Was I pissed? No. How the hell did you find a gig in Calexico? <laughs> a fucking free gig. That's how I oh, found it. Geez. It was a fucking like it was like a Fiverr gig, except on Fiverr you get at least five bucks. Yeah, those who don't know, that's in the Imperial Valley. Near, yeah, near Mexicali. Yes, near the border. Calexico Brewing Company. Wow. So, so any rate, so like I just like it was a shot in the dark, and so this is what happened. So I do the gig. It's pretty good. I have a bunch of cocaine jokes, and it's a bunch of Mexicans. So I see. So after the show, I see these three big tall. I'm six foot two. The other Mexicans are like six foot four, six foot three, six foot two. They're fucking big as Mexicans and so um, it's just crazy because um, I do a good job and after the show these Mexicans they come up to me and they tell me man we really like your show you really like what you had to say we really liked your cocaine jokes and I was like fuck yeah really that's fucking awesome man so what's up can you guys hook up some cocaine right now and then they just all look at each other and then one of them says yeah we, we could hook you up with some cocaine we got some of the evidence room and I was just like <laughs> Ooh, what and then they all, like, in unison, take out their badges. They're like, U.S. Marshals. I was like, what the fuck? Ha, ha, ha. I'm just kidding. Gotcha. I definitely didn't want cocaine. That's a joke. That's part of my bit. I'm not going to jail, am I? They're like, no, no, no. You're funny. Oh, Don't worry goodness, about it. You're, 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 you're not going to jail at all. And so I was like, fuck. So fast forward to this during the pandemic in December. A dude who was on that show, some Mexican dude, like, I said all these cocaine jokes. I said all these teacher jokes. He's like, hey, bro. Do you want to entertain uh, our district's uh, holiday party? I was like, fuck yeah, I do. He's like, well, what do you want to do? I was like, uh, yeah, well, you know, I don't want to say how much, but I'll, I'll do it for 30 minutes. And then he's all like, yeah, that's perfect, dude. And he didn't say you got to be clean. And then he announced before the show that he just got, uh, he is now the president of, of the school board for the union, uh, the Brawley school district or whatever. So I opened up my set. I was like, yeah, one more time for Gil. He's going to get fucking fired after this show. Nice. Like, you know, for hiring my dirty ass, but nice. whatever. And then, you know, what was fucked up was I didn't tell that story about how I met him with the fucking marshals and almost busting me for asking them for Coke. Which was, you know, I was just, I always ask people for coke. One time my wife was there and asked this fucking dude with high-ass white socks at this show in Lemon Grove, which is uh, in San Diego County. Right. And this, this guy, I was like, hey, what's up, bro? You got some cocaine? He was like, yeah, bro, you tell me what you need, man. I got you. For reals? You want some, you, you some coca? And I was like, oh, my God, this guy's fucking serious. <laughs> this guy's fucking serious. Like, I thought he was about to fucking hand me a bolsita right there. It's like, fuck. I've had people hand me drugs and cash, but... Never had a Mexican, but that dude was scary. Like, I didn't know his name. I told him, like, I really did tell him he sounded like my, my, my old heroin dealer. Mousy, bro. Hey, what's up? It's me, Mousy, bro. Chichi. Hey, you, you need some Chiva? Chichi, get the Yale. Hey, hey, bro, you need some Chiva? <laughs> no, man, heroin dealers sound different than Coke dealers because heroin dealers are, like, a little bit more. I don't, they don't know. care if you're daring up. 
Yeah. <laughs> cocaine <laughs> dealers don't care if you die either. No, not, cocaine, they're, they're no. not trying to kill you. Though. Cocaine dealers are trying to kill no, you, man. Going back to, to what we're saying. That... <laughs> no, no. Neither, it's the fentanyl guys. Yeah, 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 the but... fentanyl guys don't give up. Yeah, they think they're looking for death, so they're going to give it to you. Oh, we're going to sell you what you want. But before, <laughs> uh, going back to um, what we're saying, though, um, uh, uh, back on topic, um, what do you call it? Um, with... Um, I, you know the, the the making sacrifices and not getting paid what you deserve and what's you know um, the way I look at these things is just I'm getting paid to practice. Yeah. So that's that's uh, what I, I I look at some of these jobs is I, I it, to me it's like going to the gym. It's X amount of time and I'm sure stage time for you every hour it counts. You know, and every so, minute yeah. counts, and, man. And, that's that's how fucking and as an artist. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And as an artist, what I also have seen throughout the years is that um, is that um, it's it, it's all good. Like I've had events where i've sold prints and stuff where i haven't sold anything but i did this one event and they i just didn't sell anything it was it was random like that hardly ever on an entire weekend and then uh you know effort is in los saltos and then you know i'm i get this gig later it's like for uh six thousand six about seven thousand dollars jesus and i started doing the job and then it hit me i go hey where did you meet me he goes oh i met you at uh this uh, festival in los saltos and we talked there for a good whatever long time about you know getting this before my sister, it was a portrait of her sister who had passed away from cancer. And so she was, oh she God. hadn't died yet, but he had had this in his idea. So fast forward a year, year and a half later, I, I made $7,000 because I showed up to this thing that I didn't make any money at. If I wasn't there, I wouldn't have got that money in my pocket later. Right. So oh it's all God. good. Yeah. And, yeah, and I've, I've done like lectures and, and like I spoke at colleges and stuff where I've had to drive and all I get was a Starbucks coffee for going there. But then like six months later, and I had done a PowerPoint and all this stuff to, to present my work and just, just talk about my work. But then again, a year, fast forward to a year, and I get paid like, you know, 3000 to go speak in front of a bunch of lawyers in, here in Mountain View. And I, was all, I had already done the work. I didn't have to remake this PowerPoint and everything. So even though I did that for free, I ended up getting this other, you know, $3,000 for an hour of work is not yeah, bad. Yeah, that's fucking great. So, so, it, so <laughs> you have to great. do that. You know, so that's everything more than a lot of attorneys. Karma. Exactly. And it's, yeah. it's karma. It's like, it's, like, it's like one plus one equals two, right? It's like... Um, it's like it, it, everything pays off. All the energy that you put in the world will pay off in the end. So long as you don't quit what you're doing. That's what I would say. So if I quit being an artist, that would never happen. If you quit being a comedian, all those experiences probably wouldn't mean a, mean a damn thing. But uh, as long as you're putting in the hours, the time, going to the gym, you know, looking at, thinking of it like that, it's all good. So I'm getting paid, even though I'm not getting paid what I'm worth or I deserve, I'm still getting paid to get better is what I'm saying. So I look at it like that, you know, as, as getting paid to exercise or, or do what I do, you know. Yeah, man. I mean, that's what a lot of people like when I'm when I'm telling you like about these 10 or 15 or 20 dollar gigs, people call those paying gigs. I'm like, okay, that's a tip show. That's what you're going to fucking put like I ain't going over for 20. You're not doing shit. Well, that's what I'm fucking saying, man. I I mean, I came to your house for the hamburger, bro. Right. Well, that hamburger was worth more than 20 fucking dollars. So that was was a good burger. That was for the gas. Jesus. You know what? Yeah. You fucking burp into the fucking gas tank and that's how you're going to get back. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) fucking no, because the reason I asked asked about that is because like I, I think a lot of problem with a lot of artists like regardless of what type of artistry they practice is that they don't know their own worth they have no self-worth they have no self-esteem they're just going based off these other fucking losers that are judging them yeah. that are just trying to keep them in the fucking uh bucket of crabs they're yeah. trying to keep it so like there's no competition they won't become a threat because you're keeping them down mm-hmm. and i've seen that type of fucking bullying happen a lot in comedy and so like i've never done that like i don't like do you think mexicans I, do that i've heard people say that that, that Mexicans do that or like that Chicanos well, well to other Mexicans you think that's true I think Mexican is that the word. biggest enemy of other Mexicans really? to be honest with you man 
Because a lot of Mexicans come to this country, they become naturalized citizens, and then they're like, close the borders. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Oh, yeah, that's... that's like yeah. That, that's Their parents are... are, are like Cubans, for are example. Oh, Cubans. Yeah, the Cubans come over here, and then they turn into Republicans, and they're like, yeah, close the borders. And I'm just like, dude... Because they're just like the Americans here. They were the rich people who were in power before Castro. That's why they're like that. Well, yeah, well, that was before Castro, so, not currently, yeah, you know? Yeah, it's just like, that, fuck. They, they carry that mentality with them. Well, I mean, a lot of Mexicans carry the mentality. This is still Mexico. It's like, yeah. well, it isn't. I, I don't see it like that. Cause I feel like, no, no, not no. you, but there's a, like a lot of people that do. No, I know, but as far as Mexican people in general, the reason I ask is because I've heard that, is I feel like Mexican people have been the people who have helped me out the most, or, or people of color, you know what I mean? And if they were, and not because I was looking for that help or not because I was around them. But just because you're Mexican, right? I, no. Part I, of it? I think there were maybe, maybe I don't know. And I'm not, and I'm, and I'm not denigrating. Let's put it this way: I didn't ask for it, but that's just the way it is. Or there were people of color, you know, they're African Americans who were helpful, and a lot of the ones who were white were happened to be Irish American. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? But the Catholics, only, then, like yeah, you, yeah, exactly. So, so like people that like can see yeah, you yeah, as for yeah, whatever it is, see themselves in you, or like see something relatable in you. So those have been the people who have helped me. Uh, who've went out of their way to help me out in my s- later success in life. You know so what, what type of things do they do for you? Do they, like, introduce you to other people? They were just, they were or just they... teach, treating me like like a regular student, like I was supposed to get treated. Oh, okay. You know, it's not like I was doing... I mean, they, I got a, certain awards that were made special for me. They, they did certain things that went out of the way. But things that I felt like I had to... They were just giving me the attention that um, that I needed and deserved, I think. You know to I mean? to and, nurture you into the artist exactly, that you exactly. have they, become. And, and, you know, whether, whether that's writing a letter of recommendation or, or, or giving me one piece of advice, whatever that is, they, they that's took huge. the time with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's... And then I've had teachers that who who just never were that, you know what I mean, or never or could even see that in me. You know what I mean? They, they didn't even see my value in me and these other teachers, and they, they could for, for whatever reason, you know? So... Yeah, so I don't like to say that because I, I've, I've been, especially growing up in, uh, not, well, at least the ten, last nine years, ten years that I was living in San Jose, it was all Latino out there. And it was like they were the community that was, and still, they still support me. They still help me. So I don't know. I, I like to ask that question because I don't know if it's like it's just me or it's just something that's really. I mean. Uh, but also, these people are in positions that are helping me. They're in positions to help. They're educated people. They're successful people. You know, they know what, what I'm, not, I'm not talking about the everyday yeah, Mexican that you know that you grow up with, or you know, yeah, your next door neighbor or whatever. Yeah. Well, you know, my Mexican next door neighbors, they don't like my dad, so that we don't like them because fuck you. If you're not gonna like my dad, you can go fuck yourself type of thing. What but, if you like your dad? Uh, he's a homeowner. He's a citizen, and he doesn't have to share the house with like twenty people. Oh, I think he was a homo. I was like, really? yeah, my dad's a homo. <laughs> my dad's a huge homo. No, I got to tell you a quick story that's like hard. To talk in front of other people that don't know. Me- so, like we were talking about earlier, Mexicans are super homophobic and they're super aggro. Right. So, when I was in seventh grade, I used to go to the gym because I was athletic as fuck, right? And uh, I used to lift weights and go on the treadmill and elliptical and shit. But I used to go with my dad, and my dad used to go and just, he used to just chill in the sauna, the steam room, yeah. and in the jacuzzi with all these other fucking Mexicans. But my dad, he's a roofer, but he used to kick it with these fucking Mexican narco, narco-traficantes. There was his this- dad's a roofer, he's hardcore, he's yeah. a hard worker. Yeah, and he never did coke, so I don't know how the fuck he did that shit but uh he used to fucking hang out with his drug dealer his name was chichis which is spanish for titties 
because yeah. he had titties, so everyone called him Chichis. Yeah, so Chichis, he was like this huge fucking uh, drug dealer. I'm serious. This, this, is, this is a true story. Yeah. I'm in seventh grade, and the thing was, like, when I was done working out, like, I'd go to the uh, down there to uh, the steam, the sauna, the jacuzzi room, and all these Mexican dudes would be butt fucking naked. They wouldn't even have a fucking towel. They'd be what? butt naked. And I had a towel, and then Chichis is just asking me if I have a pussy under the towel, and how come I don't want to take off the towel? And I'm like, fuck it, I'll take off the towel. He's like, oh, you got a big dick like your dad. I'm like, oh, cool. That's really nice to say to a 12-year-old. So, uh, anyway, we're in the fucking locker room, and then <laughs> we're all fucking naked, and, like, we're all downstairs. And actually, my bad, we're, we're in the fucking sauna. And I remember it was hot as fuck, and this guy was doing jumping jacks, and his dick was all flopping up and down. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Then he fucking puts his arm around my dad, and he says in Spanish, he's like, hey, you see this motherfucker right here? You see him? He's been telling you his whole life that he's your dad, but he's not. I'm your dad. I'm your real dad, and this is your mom. And he starts grabbing my dad's titties. Like, yeah. You remember when you used to suck these as a baby? Oh, no, you don't. You were too young. And then everyone's fucking laughing their ass off. My dad's laughing his ass off, right? Remember, he's a Coke dealer. So after everyone's done showered up and they go upstairs to go to the locker room to change and to leave the gym, uh, Chichis announces to everybody, uh, so I'm going to take my wife and we're going to go to Mexico for a month. And without skipping my without skipping a beat, my dad said, why are you going to take your wife to Mexico? So you could sell La Coca and she could sell La Cola. Uh, oh, my God. It was fucking hilarious, dude. I fucking died. Dude, that Chichis turned bright fucking red and started just slapping my dad in the chest hella hard. Gross. It was the funniest fucking thing I'd ever seen in my life. I was like, dude, don't you guys like hate gay people in here? You guys are acting like a gay couple. And yeah. I was just like, dude, this is fucking funny. That joke is so much better in Spanish. Yeah. But, you know, it, it was a good one. It, I, dude, I said that joke in Spanish at a Spanish show. That shit was fucking hilarious, man. Yeah. Like, that's the thing. Of, I mean, like, you can't, like, you could do different styles of painting and stuff, but, like, entertaining a crowd in Spanish versus, like, a black crowd in English or a Mexican crowd in English yeah. or a white crowd that's in English thing. or a mixed crowd in English. It's like, fuck. Or a whole fucking Chinese crowd. Woo! I did this show called uh, Hella Funny Asians. Yeah. And, like, I opened up. Like, I went up there. I was like, damn, you know shit's fucked up in Asia when they're fucking sending their fucking work to Mexico. <laughs> and then everyone started laughing. But the thing that's fucked up about Asian audiences for Asian shows, they hold the Asian comedians to higher standards. Like, oh, I would never have my son or daughter do stand-up comedy. Right. You better be great. And I'm just like, this is a lot of fucking pressure right now. Yeah, they they pressure their kids, right? They, go, they don't even like them in sports and stuff. They want them to do math and shit well they don't want them in sports because they might get injured and they might like fuck up their free teal uh, their uh I mean, meal like, ticket I, when, <laughs> yeah that's exactly what i'm saying that they they don't mess around they know like they're not trying to make athletes they, they keep it real you know what i mean they're gonna make doctors and whatever they need to do to keep them you know what I mean? dude, my, my wife works with this dude he's like some type of engineer programmer and um he's um engineer programmer and um What's it called? He makes six figures, but his younger brother's a doctor, and he's Cambodian, and so his mom thinks he's a fucking loser because he doesn't know how to take out an appendix. He doesn't know how to save lives. So he's a loser. So he's a fucking loser. <laughs> well, I guess that makes us losers, too. Fuck it. <laughs> yeah, because we're not fucking doctors. Or, and I'm not making six fucking figures. You know, that's for sure. I wish I was. That'd be fucking awesome. Yeah, I think that that's even how my... I don't know, but I, I'm pretty sure my own father... Thinks I'm a loser because I'm an artist because I'm not breaking my back. Of course, man, and you're right. great, man. Like you could be like, Papa, and, here's a picture of you, and he'd be like, and I make money doing it, but it doesn't matter because I'm. It's not a real job. Really well, it is a real job. Well, I mean, no, to, I know, no, I know what to you me mean. To it is, but not to him. To an immigrant yeah, parent yeah. 
who had to go, come from another country to be yeah. here, yeah. and then here you are, you know, just so not with my Crayolas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, you you pull them out and you you make these fucking masterpieces. They don't, they don't understand. It's well, of course, they're never going to understand, man. They, yeah. they they don't think that that's going to be a sustainable type of yeah. And it's hard work too, you know. I got to bust my ass to work, and I and I got that work ethic from like my dad, you know what I mean, and. So it's like it's like if I didn't have that, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. But at the same time, he doesn't recognize it. I don't think you know. But you know, it is what it is. Well, know? well, I mean, like, and sometimes they don't believe that you're getting paid to fucking paint, or yeah. they don't believe that you're getting paid to say it's, something it's into a, a microphone. Re- yes, yeah, that because like that's the base, like the the base of what you do. You yeah, paint yeah. the base of why they do. But is there's I business sp- aspects to all that that they don't uh, they won't ever understand either. Well, but, yeah, they won't accept though. They won't right. accept even if you, if you like when you're on it. your computer trying to find a gig or you know what I mean searching around. That's yeah, that's it looks work. like you're fucking around. Yeah, that's work. It looks like you're fucking yeah, around. And, and but you're you know and then you're having fun doing it. So it's like well, yeah, you're playing. You're not. Sometimes you'll discover something that you hadn't known before or like, oh, there's a collaboration between two artists I really love and respect. How how did that come about? I wonder how that happened. Right. And like, I want to even if... Just, it's just, in the end, it's just ignorance. On their part. And it's just sad to say, but it's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? It does, it does, not to take anything away from them either. Yeah. But it, it's just a form of ignorance. It's, they're just not... Um, they don't understand it. And that's just because they're from another time. And well, yeah, dude. I mean... Another culture, basically. Like, the first time I got paid doing stand-up, I was living at my parents' house, and I was just off of fucking prescription pain pills for, like, four and a half months. Right. So I've been doing comedy for, like, a month and a half, and I'm dead broke. I don't have a fucking job. I'm still technically recovering from the drugs. And, yeah. you know... I, <laughs> I get some fucking money and I go to 7-Eleven and I, you know, get some sodas and ice cream and, you know, fat guy shit. Yeah. And I go back to home and my mom's like, where did you get money from? Because I guess maybe she thought I like took the money out of her wallet yeah, yeah. or I stole it or I mugged somebody. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I got this from doing stand up. And then she's like, Victor, don't lie to me. Are you selling your body? I was like, mom, who would pay to fuck me? Are you kidding me? Like for reals, you think somebody's going to fuck a pay to fuck? And then she laughed it off. But I don't think she believed me at the time. She didn't believe it until she saw me at the San Jose Improv yeah, on, yeah. like, a Thursday or Wednesday or whatever, doing right. a show with my friend Victor Cruz Perez. Oh, wow. And it's just like, oh, shit, now, oh, you really were a comedian. Yeah. It's like, no, Mom, I'm coming home at 3 a.m. because I'm blowing dudes. And she's like, that's when I thought you were going. <laughs> and it's just like, Mom, what the fuck? And that's, listen, that's as far as her success, her vision of success for you. I mean, <laughs> like, she's going to be disappointed if I blow dudes because I like it, and she's going to be disappointed if I blow blow dudes for money right so she's just like dude don't do that and it's like mom i was never blowing a dude and like you know yeah. i fucked up i was talking to her recently and i came out of the closet and now she knows i do lsd oh wow i was in the lsd closet not anymore not with her what she say she's just like victor why would you do that i'm like mom because it's like you know i got to remember really funny things that i've suppressed so i could you know tell them on stage right and it works that's a it's great writing <laughs> writing exercise you know right. Great writing technique. I don't recommend it for everybody. You got to be like emotionally strong and be an acid warrior. But you know, I think everybody should drop acid at least once. Oh yeah, for sure. A month, and uh, <laughs> you know, just to live life and you know, really grab life by the balls, can dude. You imagine? Can you imagine Donald Trump on acid? I like think he was on doses. acid the whole fucking time, man. I think he was. I think that's the only way to explain I think it, man. He wouldn't know what to do with himself. Can imagine. That, I think dude. he was a pretty good functioning addict. You know, yeah. people are talking all this shit. I've only stood up for Trump twice. I stood up for him when people were fat shaming him when he lied about his weight during his physical. Yeah. I didn't like that, that's and I didn't like. 
And and then I, I stood up for him saying that at least he's been consistent drug addict this whole time, taking all that fucking. Yeah, he's definitely been consistent. He told yeah, me who he was taking hell of fucking Adderall and Valium. And you know what? Uh, Adderall. And then and then his son Donald J. Trump Jr. They were saying that he was on coke. Yeah. I'm like, nah, dude. That guy's on fucking Adderall and Valium. I know that combination. I've seen that combination. Seen that. I've That's been true. on that combination. <laughs> I know. Game recognizes game. But um, uh, what's it called? Marijuana affects the memory. All right, and back. Once again, back is the rhyme animal, the incredible. We never left. We're just going to splice in the audio because nobody had to take a piss. Yep. I guess, you know what? We're going to leave that in. We got men's. We had to take a bathroom break. Not all at the same time, okay? It isn't like when ladies like, oh, we're going to go to the bathroom in pairs and, you know. Well, I'll tell you this. I hope. One one of us could fit in that restroom at a time. Okay, listen. Nobody needs to know the details about the studio that we're in right now. Bobby Cox Theater here is beautiful, man. It's ornate. The lighting is correct, man. It's, you just got a nice professional studio in here. Man. I need I you it. to write my bio because you're really good at painting really shitty shit into glamorous, like really illustrated <laughs> statements, okay? Hey, it's all about perception. You're like, you're not fat. He's just really rich in nutrition. It's just like your euphemisms are fucking <laughs> awesome. I like it a lot. But, but yeah, dude, there's like, dude. So at any rate, yeah, I call this podcast poppycock because it's a play on the real word poppycock you know in that it's nonsense it's whatever we wanted to be like and wait, wait, where's that that's comes from pop poppycock that is a, poppycock's a real word p-o-p-p-y-c-o-c-k yeah but you're poppycock right that's like that's nothing but poppycock right so what is it what does poppycock actually mean just it's not right? slang for your horse stuff oh no my mine is slang mine is slang for i like what he's done poppycock. it works for you too man plus you got that chicken yeah yeah i got that chicken right there uh, my last podcast I recorded in a chicken coop. Dude, I thought, I swear, when I asked you to let's do the podcast, I thought we were going to do it in the in the chicken coop. Dude, if we did this in the chicken coop, we'd be cold as fuck because it'd be outside. Oh, no, no, I know. That's what I thought. So, that's why I was like, during the day, I really, in my back of my mind, I was like, we're going to hang out with chicken stick. I was like, why the fuck does this guy want to do a podcast yeah, at 1 raise, p.m.? I used to raise chickens when I was 13 fighting roosters. I've never been a farmer, but I raised cock every morning, that's for sure. That's <laughs> a- <laughs> Oh, yeah, that cock gets raised. That's how I know I don't have diabetes. There you go. That fucking cock is fucking rock hard, and I'm just like, fuck yeah, what should I do? But I'm married, so I got to jerk off. Diabetes so, is a uh, mother, motherfucker. Yeah, diabetes. Is PD really uh, a side effect of uh, diabetes? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's it is. one of the big ones. And it's also a side effect of depression medication. It's a side effect of too much stress. It's a side effect of eating too much food. It's a side effect of, like, the person ain't really your type. It's you know, There's, like, a lot of reasons why people don't get boners. Yeah. I, and it's and Jack it's, Daniels. Jack Daniels, too much. Whiskey, uh, yeah, whiskey, whiskey dick, whiskey, whiskey dick. dick. There's yeah. coke dick. There's Molly yeah. dick. There's heroin dick. There's Whoa. you know. There's, I've never tried any no, of them. But, uh, <laughs> I've had them all. I've had them all. The worst is meth dick because when you're on meth, your dick doesn't get hard and your feet get super cold. And just I don't know. I don't know why. Get cold. Your feet get cold. Yeah. yeah, and some people when they take Molly, the same thing happens. Their feet get hella cold, and their dick doesn't get hard. Yeah, and they it's want just it bad too. Yeah, dude, worse. because when you're on Molly, you want to fuck. You want to nut. You already feel like you're nutting. It's like so insomnia. You want to sleep, but you can't. That's so that's like you know. heroin. Is heroin you fucking pass out, but it's not good sleep. You're nodding out. Dude, when I was a kid, I I was around heroin people a lot, and I used to trip out like adults, <laughs> and they'd be in my kitchen like sleeping, standing up. And yeah, I'd, and I'd wake them up. I was like ten years old, eleven, twelve. 
I'd like wake them up like, hey, wake up. <laughs> Why were you trying to wake up some heroin addicts? I didn't know what it was. I thought they were just. Like falling asleep standing up? Like yeah. What do you like, think they were, a fucking giraffe or something? Dude. They were tired. No, I did not. <laughs> You're a little kid. You walk into a you kitchen. You see that. I was, I was exposed to a lot of things I shouldn't have been exposed to as a kid. Let's put it that way. But okay. that was kind of commonplace. And they'd be cooking something halfway through. And, and it was like, go to bed. And they would be like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm good. And they'd go right back to bed. Their bodies would be all contorted, dude. Like. I don't know how they pick, these people keep their balance, man. Because they're asleep and they're standing, their bodies bent backwards and sideways, dude. <laughs> Crazy angle. And asleep. Dude, that's comfortable. You wake, you can wake them up. Heroin's like, a powerful oh, drug. Oh. It's a powerful drug. Oh, I never want to mess around with that. Okay, listen. If, Any it, drug that they say is better than sex, I don't want to try it. I'm good. You got to keep, you I don't know, know, you got to draw a line somewhere. You got to draw the line here. Somewhere. Nah, man. There's some drugs that are better than sex because sometimes there's some whack ass sex that happens. But, okay. And you'll smoke a cigarette and get a tiny high from the little rush that you get from the nicotine, and that feels better than whack ass sex. So, so what? Mean, you're not going to smoke cigarettes now because of whack ass sex? I don't smoke cigarettes, though. So. I don't fucking have whack ass sex or smoke cigarettes. Yeah. I'm just putting it out there because some people are like, that's a deal breaker. Because I don't want you smelling like nicotine and give me third hand Third hand smoke. That's the worst, right? Like, what's fucking third hand smoke? Kiss someone like a uh, smoker. Uh, that's the worst. It's like licking a dude. It's like that Forrest Gump line. Yeah. She tastes like she cigarettes. Tastes like it cigarettes. is so bad. It's yeah. like licking an ashtray. It's so disgusting. They think it's that's a that's one of those things. Yeah, that's pretty bad. And and, a, and a long hairs on nipples. Female nipples. Dude, okay, listen. That's one fucked up. One. You got to let those fucking hairs be natural oh, and free. You floss a bit listen, dude. This is why you I don't know, man. <laughs> Listen, if you yank off some long ass titty or nipple hair, dude, off somebody, that's it. You ain't fucking, and you might even get kicked out, and you might even get the cops called on you because that's fucking assault. You can't be pulling out fucking people's titty hair without their fucking permission. I'm guilty. I think I am too. Was it your wives, respectively? Um, of course not. My wife has beautiful breasts. And never no had hair on it. <laughs> no, no comment. No comment. Okay. Yeah, well, you guys are still alive, so I'm just going to guess they were not Latina women. As if. Um, <laughs> because uh, a Latina woman will fucking kill you. I think those are the ones that got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. No, just fucking around, man. I don't know, man. I saw this picture of this uh, female model, and she had, like, the thickest unibrow I've ever seen in my life. And she's just like, I'm not shaving it. I'm not plucking it. This is what it is. It's beautiful. I'm confident with who I am. And I'm just like, dude, like those are some thick ass eyebrows. Like if those were thighs, I'd fall around all day. But like it was just like one of those things where it's just, I don't know, the concept of beauty is different. Like some people like hairy armpits on ladies. Yeah. Some and, people like men's hairy butts. Yeah, dude. Well, not me, dude. I mean, Men are course, fucking gross. That's the thing. Like that's the one thing about being gay. I don't think I could do a guy. These guys are fucking repulsive, man. <laughs> like, I mean, like, yeah. even like a hot chiseled guy who like works out and has six pack. I'm like, I don't want that guy fucking me. He's going to hurt me. <laughs> like, why would I want to fucking muscular guy? Or, or then I don't want a fucking fat guy like me fucking. He's going to be like three strokes in and fucking pass out. Oh, geez. So either, either way, <laughs> both ends of the spectrum, because you see, I'm open minded. That's a fucking confident. I was not open behind it, dude. I, if I'm open behind it. <laughs> Hey, listen, dude, I, I've tried to do kinky-ass shit in the bedroom, dude. I don't like tongues in my bong, even if they're from the ladies, dude, and that's the only time it's happened. And I and I even told her, I was like, listen, if you're going to fucking lick my bong, you got to give me a rusty trombone. You can't just be out there at the butthole and, like, you know, totally neglect that cock. And then even while she was doing it, I was like, this doesn't feel good. And I just was fresh out of the shower. Yeah, man. And, like, I didn't like it, you know. Yeah, I'm not into the whole bung thing. I mean, I'll, I'll lick a chick's bung. That's wait, wait, for fucking wait, wait. sure. But what the heck is a rusty trombone? A rusty trombone is like they pretend that your genitals and your butthole is a trombone, so they put their mouth on the butt hole, 
and then they with their with their right or left hand, depending on which one they pitch with, uh, they grab your cock and they stroke you off. So it's like it looks uh, like they're playing a trombone with your butthole mm. being the mouthpiece okay. and your cock being whatever. That's very that. different than the Mexican liquado. What's the Mexican liquado? <laughs> the Mexican liquado. That's when you take a the liquado. Huh? That's a shocker. That's a, that's a, oh, a shocker. that's a shocker with more fingers. Yeah. Oh like, wow, Jesus Christ! Oh my God, I just learned something. So the fucking what's that? Uh, uh, Star Trek. Live long, and, spa- live long so, and um live long and prosper. So that Star Trek, live long and prosper. Yeah, Instead of two Mex- in the pink, one in the stink, it's two in the pink, or it's and- nanu nanu. Yeah. yeah, it's nanu nanu in the nocha nocha. And, <laughs> <laughs> that's just, oh oh man, God. you learned something every day. I didn't, you didn't know what a rusty trombone was, and I know what a fucking Mexican. I could be wrong. I'm Mexican, sure I never heard Mexican liquado. That sounds dangerous as fuck. That sounds like someone's gonna yeah, put my the, cock in it, a blender. That's what it, you it wake sounds up like to a cartel moment. murder move. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Speaking about cartel murder murder moves, Jesus Christ! I remember being a kid looking for porno and my dad's fucking stash of magazines. Then I find all these fucking like. I don't even know what to call them. They're magazines with all these like oh, yeah. mobsters that are all fucking dead. It was Alarma. Alarma, yeah. Alarma. Dude, I used to walk into these. I was looking Mex- for porno. These little Mexican stores, and you see those things, and they were just bloody death. It's black and white, but then for some reason they have the blood and red. Yeah, everything's <laughs> it's just like, how do, what? Are they doing this for shock? I mean, that shit. Of course shit, they are. It never, it never like really, it just grossed me out, and I put it away, but it didn't really scar me. Because they were just pictures and shit. But yeah, that, you don't really look at them. You just kind of. You glance. Yeah, you glance. And you're like, oh, God, this isn't titties. And then you just put it away. And you're just like, what the fuck? And my mom's like, what are you doing there? I'm like, I don't know. I bought a book uh, based off all that. I'm coming back from Europe and I have it in my collection. I think my daughter got into it the other day. And I was just like, dude, I wonder if she's going to be scarred for life. (laughs) Oh, no. Yeah, those death magazines? Yeah, well, it was a book about death and morbidity and stuff like that. And they had the. Yeah, I was like, man, I'm going to shock my little. Oh, yeah, dude, that's worse, though. I mean, at least I was a little boy. Like, dude, it's different with girls. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then the worst thing, she, what happens if she, if she turns goth? Yeah, you know. That's what, what are you going to do? Like, just let her, man. You, know? <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's how I know you're a good dad. That's that's a good dad answer. That's but, Me, I would have been like, I don't know. I'd pray for her. Yeah, I mean, that's you just got to, I don't know. Just hope that they don't, you know. And I mean, I meet different people. Best. Well, yeah, no, that's that's great. And, you, know you know what I feel like is you just don't pay attention. You just ignore all the, the stuff that... Uh, you know the rebellion stuff. You know, I pay t- pay no mind to it, and they'll they'll do something else. That's my philosophy. At least. Well, yeah, you know, but also though, you know, you, you do a great job because you spend time with your kids and you I, do these I, I activities think, with I your kids. I think kid. with my kids, I'm very um, I'm very open with them as far as uh, I don't we don't try, we don't try to hide too many things from her, but we don't expose her to a lot of things either. Mm-hmm. But we're not we don't make things taboo for no no reason around the house. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like just let you know. You know, so she feels, and, and, like, accepted and yeah, gets self-esteem. Yeah, we can talk about it. You know what I mean? We can yeah. talk about stuff. You know what I mean? To uh, always keep that line of dialogue opening. That's I, And we don't, again, not, none of that taboo stuff. Yeah, exactly. And, and self-esteem, make her feel, you know, let her know who she is and that she's loved. And, but who knows how that's going to work out? That's just my philosophy. My dad used to just, my parents used to whip my ass. Yeah, dude. You know what's fucked up? I talked to my mom the other day, and she's all in her senses and everything. Yeah. And she fucking, no, she's always been in her senses, right. like in that she makes coherent right. statements and all that stuff. Okay. And it's fucked up because I was talking to her, and I, was, I mentioned about her hitting us as kids, and she's like, she's I never hit you. 
They all say that. And Those, I'm like, what the fuck is yeah, wrong? I'm going to put you. Uh, like, hey, don't let her forget it. Like, no, I didn't. And I was like, oh, yeah. When people try to switch reality. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And But it's my mom. So it's yeah, like totally. I'm like, mom, you don't remember the time we were in the kitchen? And my no, brother, no. my brother, my brother, Frank. No, no. You're my brother, Frank. Mucho. Because, no, we grew up in a white neighborhood. So, like, my brother's real name is Ignacio Francisco Pacheco. Right. So he went by Frank or Frankie. Well, so yeah. I called him Frank for the longest. I still call him Frank. But, uh, you know, it's just. So what happened? What were we talking about? Getting your ass whipped by your mom. Oh, yeah. We were in the fucking kitchen. Sorry, I'm so traumatized. I'm like, well, no, we're not talking about this. Uh, we're in the fucking kitchen, and my mom's cooking, and my brother was beating the shit out of me. And my mom was pissed off at him for beating the shit out of me, because she told him to stop. Yeah. And she got a fucking spatula, right. a fucking metal spatula, and started beating my brother with it. Right. And then it broke. And, and then we all started laughing because then it broke. Right. I was like, Mom, you don't remember that? She's like, no. I was like, Mom, you fucking laughed. Like, you really laughed. That's a comment. I've heard that this story so many times, especially for so many Mexican kids. Why, why is that, man? And then, and then, and then they, then society expects no. us not to hit our kids. You and, know, man, um, I've they, never they, wanted to hit my kids they, because they I don't have, have any. They didn't have tools like we're supposed to have today. They have Google. They have Google. But we have, <laughs> supposed, but, you know, we, we've tried to do everything to not have to use corporal punishment, but I've had to a, a couple times when I hated it. Yeah, it really does hurt. You know what I mean? You don't feel good about it. It doesn't really even work. You know what I mean? But um, the couple times that I've done it, I haven't had to do it again. Because, That's good. Because uh, I just have to threaten her with it now. That, that means it works. Yeah. It yeah. Work. And, um, and we talked about it after that. I didn't want to have to do it. The police don't, you know, that hurt me. And I didn't want to have to do that again. And, but you know, she treats me, her mom doesn't really hit her in, in um, she treats me a lot different. She she doesn't go there with me like she does with her mom. Yeah, you because know you know you're not. She she See, knows I you're not going to say. Take a yeah, shit. but but I knew that I had to make it count those couple times <laughs> so that I didn't have to do it anymore. Dude, yeah. I, I've totally experienced the same thing too. Like my kids don't talk to me the way they talk to their mom. Yeah, because because no, their mom talks to them and they give back to her. Right, they're the fighting. She speaks to they them. argue. They're having an argument, and you, I ooh. I leave the room because I don't want to take anybody's side. Yeah, and I just know that my kids are going to get the best of her because they're. Uh, more, they're, they're quick witted. Yeah, yeah, they're they're, they're good at that game. They can play that game, right? They're good at that game, but they ain't good at the spanking game. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Yeah, so yeah, man, it sucks that um, I wish we'd have to do it. But you know, I I took a lot of ass whoopings from my father. You know, he came out, you know, he's the big Mexican belt. You know, what I mean, big leather belt, and my dad whipped my ass a lot of times. I I don't you get know, buckled too. No, nah, I never got the buckle. I got but, buckled I a couple mean, times. Maybe those are accidents. Yeah, supposedly. Yeah, maybe accidents. <laughs> supposedly. Allegedly. But, that's the same thing my dad told me. Allegedly. I, I, I did it once, but it was a mistake. But, but you know what? <laughs> I'm, glad, like, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad I took all of my ass Dude, I got hit by his fucking two by four. And then my talking homie's like, I got no, hit never, by a four I, by four. I'm like, God damn! Your dad's got some big ass hands. I've never got. Dude, a four by four is like thicker than a fucking bat. No, yeah. So I was. Uh, no, I know what the. Yeah, I yeah. Never, well, I never got hit with. That's enough. But my dad also. I mean, he he knew how to punish you, but he wouldn't. Um, he didn't abuse me. Oh, you know, dude. We were, we were uh, abused. We, yeah, we were, we I was were punished. Abused. Yeah. yeah and, and it's hard to talk about sometimes because sometimes, like, I got abused. I got my cell phone taken away. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Get your cell phone taken away. I used to get my ass beat, grounded, can't talk to girls on the phone. Like, what the fuck are you trying to do with this? Make you gay. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, this is your punishment. <laughs> You're going to hell, mijo. You are now gay. Yeah. And it's just like, you know what? If I was gay, I'd be the best fucking gay guy ever, dude. I'm sure you would. Be fucking rocking it. You think I cook yeah. good now? Ooh, I'll give you some fucking mimosas and some strawberries and some whipped cream just to make you feel special. Fuck, man, I missed my calling. 
I fucked up not having fucking strawberries <laughs> dipped in chocolate. Just for my fat ass. Fuck all the gay shit. I just talking about all this fucking sweet stuff. Speaking about sweet stuff, yeah, we're talking to Mahiko before the show. I, I did want to talk about this. So uh, some people brag about going on trips. Like, you know, like, oh, I went on this trip to the Bahamas. I went on this trip to Cancun because I'm Ted Cruz and fuck the state of Texas. But my boy El Magico, um took a pretty cool fucking trip that I'd like for you to talk about. Um, okay. where I thought it was to Mexico, but it turns out it oh, was I actually w- here. I wish it was Mexico. It man. was not Mexico. Oh, so, yeah. Can you tell us about the special trip that you took? Because I think our listeners would like to hear it. Well, the road trip, uh, it turned out to be like a, a history trip at first. Or, uh, we were watching the news mm-hmm. and we we're watching what was happening in DC on January 6th with all these people storming the Capitol. And I found out that the national guard was going to be stationed in DC because of this event. Mm-hmm. And then I found out that it was the second time in the nation's history that this was going to happen. There's going to be military there. So I was like, history is being written right now. I was like, you know, my kids, they're uh, in school, online. So it made it possible to uh, jump in the car. And we were gone in two days, and we drove cross-country, went to D.C. We tried to make it for the inauguration, but we didn't. We're there the next day after. Oh, fuck. And Man, you go cross-country, and you're, like, so close to the inauguration. And No, even if you got, even if you're there on time, they had. The hell of clearance, right? No, it's fenced, double mm-hmm. fenced. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, and then it's not, like, six-foot fences. They're, I think they're, like, eight-foot, and they were thick. Fences and it was double fence. It was, it was, it was like uh, they, they made the capital like a prison almost. Jesus, right. you couldn't get in. How did that make you feel? Did that make you feel like this is like a military state type of thing? Or? It, it felt like it actually. It didn't really feel like it. There was because there was the fencing. Well, the military was, was all everywhere. The military was everywhere. <laughs> the uh, fe- federal police, military, and the regular police. Oh God, yeah, everywhere. Jesus. So what do you guys think? Everywhere. Inside job. What this yeah. January sixth or, yeah. or the election or no January sixth yeah, yeah totally oh yeah that was an inside job how come only five people died no offense but that was like all black and brown people that would have been like a fucking oh, civil was, war oh after God, that fucking dude. happened and you know there would have been more deaths on both sides absolutely sure. yeah there would have been more dead cops there would have been more fucking dead protesters or whatever thank God for those protesters they were all white yeah like that's True. that's what I've been saying and also I'm really happy that Americans are fucking lazy. And we didn't start a fucking civil war after that because if anything should have started a civil war, that should have been it. Because I think that's what Trump was banking on—that it started a civil war. He declares martial law and he remains president until what the fuck? What I think, I think, I think absolutely right. I also think that these guys are a bunch of pussies. (laughs) These these guys, the guy, the insurrection got stopped by basically pepper spray. Let's be let's be real. Um, They didn't bring guns. They were smart enough not to bring. But, I mean, some guys no, brought guns. But some of those people waiting. got all the way into the but fucking chambers. They were knocking guns. on doors looking they, for fucking Pelosi and if AOC. If going to be a civil war and all that, they would have brought guns in there. It would have been a different picture. Where's all these fucking... I think a lot of them did and just let them they in just the just cars or yeah, the yeah, hotel rooms. Yeah, they did. But, or, no, there was, there was a guy parked with, with the... No, that, that, that one dude... With the Molotov cocktails with, yeah, and grenades yeah, and all that shit. That guy was an idiot. But those guys were all QAnon assholes. What's up with the real right wing fucking living in the woods with the training the militia and that we're going to take over the government? The government wants to take over... still there, too. Well, no, some of them, but they didn't bring the fucking guns. So why the fuck even fucking be there? And I'm not saying they should have. I'm saying thank God they did um, a real war. takeover. <laughs> a real, no, well, not by them, but they would have gotten taken out. Well, yeah, they would have got taken out by the fucking Secret Service, by the fucking but military that's what I'm police. Saying. That's why I think these guys are cowards. They weren't. They didn't have the but balls it, to. I mean, to if, really go out if, like if that. If we just look like 
what look back at what had happened during all the protests that happened mm-hmm. and how strong the police presence was. It was not. It was no for us when the uh, the protests. Oh, when after, happened, after after the fact, yeah. It was ridiculous. How do you guys explain and this then, shit to your kids? Well, this is you know I watch it with my kids and I talk to them mm-hmm. and you know we, you have to describe to them what experiences you've gone through so they, they can understand. Yeah. Well, but then the it's actually, I, I got a 14 year old daughter. Yeah. I think she was. Oh yeah. So 11. she gets it. She gets it. She, she was 11. The first time she experienced racism. And felt, she said it felt oh, what? dirty at Costco of all places. What? Was, was it another kid or an adult? Adult. Can you talk about it? And, oh yeah. It was just, what is, it was stupid. What? It, my daughter was saving three seats for her, her, her brother and her mom at a table. They're getting some pizza mm-hmm. and some, White lady, a Karen, of course, came up and was like, uh, "Excuse me, I need these seats. Can you please move?" And it was like she was just pushing her Shushing aside. Her. Yeah, get the fuck and out of my here! My daughter, my daughter was like, like fabric glasses. She didn't know what to do, how to react, what to say, and nothing. But then, lucky for her, that there were some other people at the other tables that heard the way this so, woman spoke to her yeah. and stood up for her. Yeah. Oh hell yeah! And then she said she wanted to cry. She said she felt really oh, bad. Oh, pobrecita, dude, like, that's fucked up. That's crazy. You know, growing up too, uh, uh, even me as a kid, that's so fucked up. Yeah, a, it is. A and she's of, a girl. A I lot mean... of the things that I would go through with adults were was really racism, even as a little kid. Right. Like like just trying to check you and and little things. And I remember hanging out with certain parents who were kind of more woke Chicano parents and stuff like that. Right. Or, that knew was and, and they would tell me like, "Hey, next time you guys do, they'd be babysitting us or." You tell you don't talk to the adults. You come and talk to me. You tell them to send them to me first. Right. And I didn't understand really that that was racist. Just for whatever, he'd be playing racquetball and we'd be in the apartment complex, but we'd get messed with because we were little brown kids. Mm-hmm. We weren't doing nothing wrong. You know what I mean? But a lot of this was racism, man. Right. You know what I mean? And you, I didn't really see it at, the, at, at that at the time, but that's you, you, we've been dealing with Karens our whole lives. Let's put right. That true, way. true, true. Yeah, I mean, at least I have. <laughs> oh, I mean, yeah, dude. I mean, you're fucking too brown in a certain city. Yeah. They start fucking with you, man. Speaking of that, let's, uh, back to your story. Story at the beginning when you when you thought I was a painter, a house painter. Yeah, that's exactly what well, the way you said it too. No. You said it like like it was nothing. I have to you... remember saying that um, I'm an artist. Muralist, I, yeah, muralist, muralist. So because I was doing a mural Modesto one. Sorry, time, I'm man. like I'm telling you how to identify yourself. Six you identify years, yourself however you want. Six years ago, man, I was doing this mural. I'm not going to. You're a professor who does murals. Yes, I was in Modesto doing a mural, um, and the lady. I was getting paid by what's called Murals in Motown. Shout out to them. That sounds like and, Murals with Mota. No, no, Murals in Motown. And, Sorry, uh, I'll do this There was the owner of the building. There was, okay, there was Murals in Motown who actually commissioned the mural. There was the owner of the building who was letting us use that, you know, his wall. And then there was the people who were renting, the, you know, that building for the restroom. We got interviewed. I was like, my other friend was Mexican too, you know, and that was my friend Swallow. Shout out to him. Uh, we were painting this mural and, you know, we dressed like to work, like painters, right? We're not dressed like teachers or professors and I remember they were like, hey, they want to sit and talk to us. And I was like, this is an interview, a second interview. Why am I getting interviewed for? I'm not. And I knew what it was because yeah. I was already, I go, I don't need to talk to him. But if he's going to be paying for our beers, let's, okay, I'll sit down and talk to him. And we basically got an interview, figured out who he was. And then after that, he had nothing but love and respect for us, right? Um, the owner of the, now this, now this place is, uh, this restaurant is considered one of the uh, top 100, like, what do they call that? The Michelin rating? Yeah, it's one of the, uh, the a top, Michelin restaurant. Yeah, Rich Michelin. It's in Modesto. They have wine tasting there, real fancy. Nothing but judges and lawyers going in this place, and we'd be there at night working. And um, the the owner, this lady, the older lady in there, she kept wanting to you know call me in. And she kept asking if I did mules, and I could hear her her her, her kids. You know, they're older. You know, in their thirties or whatever, saying, "Mom, mom," you know what? And finally, I go, "No, no, I, I want to hear." So she asked me if I do paintings on the inside of the house, on the inside, 
Not just on outside, right? Yeah. So I'm going in there to go look at this wall that I'm thinking she wants me to paint, right? And because I do murals on the inside, she she started showing me the trim mm-hmm. and shit like that in her restaurant, asking me if I would if I could paint that for her, like for free? No, like to pay me. But it was like to it was a cut, bro. She wanted like, oh, you paint. She wanted to treat me like a fucking work, Mexican work, worker. She wanted to bring me about to whatever she thought my level was. And she's asking the muralist to come inside in the pretenses that I'm going to paint a mural for her in the inside of a restaurant. And she's asking me to paint the trim. So she didn't understand you were a fucking artist. She knows who I was. But she wanted to. Why would she ask you to do some that? Some racist shit. What else would it be? So I told her, hey, you know, why don't you get hire one of your workers, $15 an hour or whatever, you know. I'm going to paint the trim for you. No, I, and I could tell by the way her, I started realizing, oh, this, this fucking bitch. And I'm thinking in my head, shit, I got, I was like, I wanted to go ask her, hey, my truck needs to get washed. You want to go wash my truck for me? You fucking God. Yeah. <laughs> but dude. it was, it was just for her to let Jesus. me know that I'm, I'm beneath her. Yeah, dude, that people play those fucking mind dude, games. And, every- knew, and now I knew why the, why her older kids, you know, that they were like mom, they knew what she was doing. Yeah. And I didn't understand why they kept trying to stop her, you know? And I was like, no, 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 this is what I do. I paint murals. I understand why they're, cause they knew, they know their mom and they knew what the fuck she was trying to do to me, bro. And she was basically trying to make me like she didn't want to take my muralism thing seriously, and wanted me to be a day worker. Right? Yeah. yeah, you're no longer an artist. I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a day laborer who's going to paint the tr- and it did not need to get painted. Dude. Okay, this was just <laughs> this was a, and I was just like, so it was just a power move. It yeah. was a power move. Just it to was let me know where you stand, where I stand, in, Jesus. in, in her eyes. Yeah, you she ain't was not, shit. She wasn't my boss. She you're, wasn't my dude. Nothing, dude. And you know what, dude? Nothing, dude. F these people because I worked at plenty of restaurants, dude. And uh, and I don't expect this, and I don't, I don't. Uh, but every restaurant that I pay, dude, they feed me. Yeah, they feed me. and I don't expect it. I don't demand it. I don't. It's not part of the contract. Yeah, but you just no. But they do. I take care of them. Yeah. They take care. Of, these people will never. They would never uh, bring out any food or anything like that for us, and the workers would. You know, the, the mechanos in the back. They would, and they they even told us about that. These people are evil. So I kind of got an idea of. Uh, and you still got to finish the mural. Yeah, but I, I wasn't. Even, but at the same time, yeah, exactly. I'm just like. And then the son, her son. I guess he was. A Wait, dog. hold on. Let me ask you a question though. Yeah. Is your heart still in it after you find out you're working for these racist fucks? Uh, it, it was. I very, mean, because it's still your work and it's your legacy, yes, and it's it, it just made it pissed me off. It, it gave me a lot of anger while I was working the whole time. I had a. Um, I have my friend Swallow there. He's good at keeping me spiritually. So how long did it take you to finish the trim? Uh, I, I <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I kicked it out in 20 minutes. I prorated that bitch. I prorated that bitch. I told her, listen here, cunty Brewster. I'm fucking with and you. The That's a there, Frankie. And the son there, check this out. These are how these people are, bro. So the son there, I find out later from the workers that he used to be a cokehead. And so they... they Sounds parents, like a cool guy. The parents told him he probably was, not anymore. And... They told him that, look, you got to get off the drugs, and then we'll, we're going to open up this restaurant for you. This is your dream, right? Yeah. And so that's why they had that restaurant. And he gave us no respect, dude. And then finally one day he comes up to me in Swato, and he's like, you know, I talked to this guy. He's a wine connoisseur, man. This is, this is what he was judging me on. The fact that someone else, and he'd already known me for a month, the fact that a wine connoisseur told him about me in Swato, all these guys are some dope artists. They're special. These guys aren't just no. Once he made that connection, he, then he finally, from this other dude, not from us, that he hears from this wine taster that he's gonna uh, that we're cool we're legit now we're cool and legit now yeah, now we're okay. and so then I'm, I'm I'm like yeah I start giving him a little bit of rundown you know what I mean on the credentials and stuff and then he's all oh but do you have Jesus Christ in your life and oh like, God <laughs> just do the fucking job and I'm like it's like oh, do you have coke God. in your life motherfucker I go, I go I go you know what dude yeah but I also got a, uh, I also got a few demons in there too and then he goes are they Osama bin Laden demons and I'm like what the 
No one Santisima Muerte demons. And then he goes, and then he just brushed me off after that again. Because because I didn't tell him that I was a Christian. <laughs> no. This is none of his business listen. or not. It's it's like, okay, you ain't shit again. Like right, all the work right. and me being a professor and having these degrees and, and, and yeah. the portfolio that I got don't mean shit to him because I don't believe in Jesus Christ. Yeah, According to him, I didn't even get the chance to answer him. You know what I mean? And and right. and, and I gotta hear he's he's telling me that. He's legitimizing me because of what a wine taste, a wine color. So what, yeah, what well, does that make you? No, 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 no. I'm gonna tell you because the connection that that person had with the with the with the wine tester yeah. is somebody that they trust yeah. that they'll go on their word no matter what they say because they've been trusted in the past. And because you don't, they don't know you personally. They don't know what your potential is. Because I'm not a wine tester. No, it's not just a wine tester. Yeah. It's just the, the personal connection, man. Yeah. I mean, with any job that you think of a lot of people that are not qualified to do the job are in there because they are related to somebody yeah. or they're the brother or but, sister but my, thing was, I'm, well, my point is that i was way more and beyond qualified and i didn't need to qualify for them because they weren't nothing to me anyways but however they because of who they think they are and who they think i am they're or obviously superior people and I'm, I'm whatever that they had to play all these little games with me you know what i mean just to just so they could feel happy about who they are Right. Well, right. well, I mean, even after you were fucking valid, but but what it sounds like though is that like these people never wanted you to be part of their circle, or part of their friendship, because it's like, oh, I don't want. I didn't, well, well I no, of course you didn't want to. Why would you want to hang out with douchebags yeah, like exactly. that? But like, just putting you through all these fucking tests, putting you through all this, it's like, and then for what? Just so they could feel better about themselves. Or what the fuck? Did that guy think that he was going to convert you to his church, so you give them ten percent uh, of what the nothing, fuck they're going to make? Nothing to do with any of that. All the guy no, but, wanted to know. But what, he, st- he was superior to me, and he, they were going to let me know that they were superior to me because. I was this artist coming and doing something great for them. And that's another thing. These people didn't even pay for that meal. That meal has brought them uh, business. It's brought their attention. It's brought so much to them. And so I'm an addition to these guys and they're not even paying for it. Hey, would you ever deface your own mural just to spite them? I might. <laughs> I'll, I'll edit that out. Okay, no, no, that's. I'm saying so. It was no, just I'm just like, fucking around. Whole, I have, I have a no, no. The whole story. I mean, dude, I think about everything. So <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. But, and, and then you know, another funny thing is that every. So there was nothing but like lawyers and like judges that were coming in there, and like every day I'd hear, "Why? Um, what's the point of doing this? They're gonna they're gonna graffiti it. Or, or, or why you guys do it? Don't you? Aren't you afraid of this?" And that shit would just get on my nerves. And I was like, "That's why Modesto doesn't have cool, dope shit because this is the mentality you guys have here." It's been six years, dude, and that mural has not been touched, dude. dude. And I had explained to him, like, listen, for one, I'm respected here in Modesto. I, yeah. I have history here. You're a Chicano artist. And, and, and in the streets, I'm respected. And in the professor, because I used to teach there. Mm-hmm. Call. And, and I go, and, and there's a graffiti uh, uh, protector over the damn thing. So it's like, and, and still nobody has touched the damn thing. But could you imagine if I had listened to these people who are supposed to be, you know, these pillars in Modesto That's society. The, were, yeah. and, and, and because of their negativity or not being able you know, and, and I can't guarantee that that thing's not going to get for you. That's yeah, you can't control. guarantee that at but, all. But still, or fuck that. Years. What happens there's a fucking earthquake in that fucking whole exactly. fucking why building make your bed, Why you make your bed every day in the morning if you're going to mess it up at night anyways, right? Right. So it's like but, that's that bad attitude and that's why I, don't, I feel like there's not a lot but of also that, cool things out there. That like attitude comes from a mindset of people that never taken a chance in their life. They never left their fucking home city. Yep. They never had any fucking... Uh, ambitions to do anything other than outside the box. I mean, a lot of people just do what their dad did and that's it. And they just follow their footsteps and it's just like, and then they become miserable fucks and then they wonder why they're not happy with anything. And it's just like, you're living somebody else's life. It's just like in fucking varsity blues. He's like playing at West Canyon. I might've been the time of your life, but I don't want your life. And like I was just like, oh fuck! I was like in like, n- 
Oh, well, fuck. I was in eighth grade. Ooh, uh, you didn't see fucking Varsity Blues? I don't think so. You guys did not see Varsity Blues? I, I've heard of it. It came out in 1999. You know, know James Vanderbeek. You know Dawson from Dawson's Creek? That's why I didn't watch it. Oh, you exactly. guys are fucking assholes. That was a rated Dawson's R movie. I didn't watch Dawson's Creek either. Bro, bro, a bunch of chicks my age did. You know what, bro? What? You just got your uh, Chicano card revoked. No, get the fuck <laughs> out of here, man. No, I didn't. Because there's... No, and I'll tell you why. Because when I'm watching this fucking and you movie, live in Oakland. I'm going to have to take your Oakland card. Get the fuck out. You can take my Oakland card. You can't take my fucking Chicano card. No, because listen, because this, this fucking fat guy named Billy Bob in the movie Billy had Bob a... Thornton? No, he was a fat guy named Billy Bob. That was the other um, movie. No, anyway, and he, no, but he was fat as fuck. And he had about football. Yes, and yeah. they lived in Texas, and he has a pet pig. And so when I fucking saw that, I was like, Sweet. "Damn!" And this is how you know I'm fucking real Mexican. I was like, "Damn, that fucking pig would make a good chicharron uh, some, some uh, and some good carnitas. carnitas and like a good uh, that's pozole." What I, that's what I thought when I looked at you. For yeah, the first time. <laughs> you're like, "Oh yeah, yeah," because I look like a snack. Uh, look <laughs> look like a, I don't look like a snack. I look like a motherfucker that if I hug you, I'll give you diabetes. Or COVID. Or COVID. Oh, my God. Or HVPVC. HVPVC. What is it? I don't know. Some sort of <laughs> broadcasting <laughs> network or something. I don't know. This was brought to you by PVPVS. No, no, no. Yeah, dude. I, I, yeah. But yeah, dude, no. But that's fucked up, though, because, like, it just reminded me, too. Like, sometimes, like. These are the struggles that, stupid little struggles that uh, people of color have to deal with that they don't. You know what I mean? That we just have to do. You know what I mean? Like, we just have to. It's just the way it is. But also, though, too, man, just being validated as an artist, having that other person, like, say that you're great. Yeah. That, that, that's all it takes sometimes because there's been some people who've seen me do. Well, here's the thing. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, well, I mean, there's been people that see me do comedy. Like, I'm not joking. At least 20 times. And out of those 20 times, like, I do really fucking great, like, 18 of those times. Right. And I never get booked. And then it's like somebody who like knows me and sees how fucking hard I'm trying to see what I'm doing. Yeah. They tell them even after they see me all these fucking times okay. that one of like one of my friends will be like, hey, b- book Victor. And then guess what happens? I mysteriously get fucking booked because oh. another person said, hey, he's fucking good. Yeah, like it's like they don't want to give you um, the, the respect just they well, deserve just offhand. They, and and I want to look down at you and you have to kind of earn that um I don't know. I, but it's an ego thing, though, too, man, because, like, sometimes, like, I'll get booked on a show, yeah. I'll do great, and I'll never get booked again because I did better than the motherfuckers that put the show on. Oh, and it's yeah. just like, when I put a show on, I want to be the weakest fucking comic, and I'll book comics way funnier than fucking me. You know why? So we could have a great fucking too. show. Yeah, no, I'm the same way with uh, artists. No, like, but, but I this... I like to put artists on, uh, curate shows, and um, there's a lot of haters, like you said, in the game, and yeah, to me... I want these dudes to look good because they make me look good. Because yeah. I'm curating it, especially you know what I mean. And to me, it's all good. I, I don't have enough. Um, I, I'm secure in what I do, man. You know what I mean? And good. I, I'm secure with what I do too, exactly, man. And I can share games. But that bothers I, people that aren't that fucking secure. But, and and then, they're like, "What the yeah. fuck are you doing differently? That's you're so yeah. fucking secure, and they're not." And the thing, it goes back to self worth. It goes back yeah. to self respect. Yeah. It goes back to saying, "Hey, I have value." Yeah. And I even fucking tell tell people because I learned this: zero is not a number; it's a value. Zero, I don't understand. Zero no isn't number. a number. It's a value. It's a fucking value. If you get paid zero All fucking dollars, you're what? not fucking value. Right. If you, if, but once you get a value and you decide what you're going to sell your art for, yeah. then then you have a value. Then you have self, self-worth, gotcha. self-esteem, yeah. and that's when you could grow as an artist. But until you fucking get to that fucking point, you start, you, yeah. like you're yeah. just bullshitting, dicking around with other people. Oh, you know it's what would be cool? It's like a, when it's, I'm famous and blah. And people are planning to be fucking famous and what they're going to do famous instead of fucking putting in the work to become fucking known. And I didn't yeah. even say famous right then. To become known. To become respected within your own craft yeah and and that famous thing too that people just want they don't even know why they want it what that means what that entails and 
If you're going, if you're going after for those reasons, you're going after for the wrong reasons. I agree, man. I, I agree. Mean, if I wanted to be famous to become an artist, I would. There's other ways. There's other avenues, right? Yeah. But for, to to get that, um, yeah. So the, right there, that's already a bad. Um, you got bad motives, motivations already. Here's another thing too. Like uh, as far as being an artist, we're all like artists are all natural teachers. You know what I mean? We we pass on. It's always been like that. We pass on our knowledge to the next generation. If you have a student who does not become better than you, then you had a shitty student. You know what I mean? And the way I feel like, I feel wow. like, I'm, I feel like I'm such on the, um, Jesus, always training myself and always learning and, and trying to get to the next level. Like I, I, I'm, I love to pass, well, you know, I get paid by the state of California to teach people this. So to get to teach just like you do. And so I, I have value to what I'm giving, but I, I, I offer it freely. If you want it, I'm going to give it to you. And I'm not going to be, um, what do you call it? Um, uh, um, uh, freaked out or scared that you're going to come up because I, I taught you something. You're going to get better than me because I know it's a step-by-step process with what I do. There's levels, there's plateaus, you move on. And, and people who are, who are better than me, if I see someone who's better than me and I know that, which, which are many, I, I give those folks <laughs> props. I don't hate those guys because I know if they're working harder than I, they have to work harder than I did to be where they're at. And if you're doing that, you're working your ass off and you deserve it. Okay. So that's my attitude. Because you give credit, credit's due, and you're not so caught up in your own ego. And because and it's me, I'm competing with me. I'm not trying to. But that's the thing about you. You have, and just like me, have a ton of confidence and zero ego. Mm. Or maybe not zero, but it's like yeah. not yeah. like something that defines I don't take, you. I don't take my ego seriously. So I have ego, mm-hmm. and I know it's a necessity to deal with the role, but I, I also know that it's not a reality, that, that, that my ego is a construct. So. I don't take it that seriously, and I, sometimes I act arrogant. I, I I play with that, you know what I mean, and I, I play with being conceited a little bit. But I'm playing with it, yeah, because, yeah, yeah. Because I know it's not real. It's not your personality. You're just it's fucking around, and it, and people like that. So when I, I you do, do that, yeah, 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 and, and it's people, fun. And people don't want to hear that I'm a second rate artist. They don't want to hear me. They want to hear me. I say, would never say. I they would, want, they, even though I might be. They they don't want to hear me say. They want to hear me to say I'm a bad motherfucker. Yeah, I'm a. They want me to. So so I say it. I give the people what they want in that in that sense. But I know that. All that shit talking is—that's exactly what it is. So I have to—I have to match that shit talking. Yeah, and you do, action, man. But action. I mean, so it all works together and it drives me. But I—you need ego. You kind of need that pride to get it, get out, that courage to get out there and say, "Bam, here it is, boom, here I am." But at the same time, it's not my my driving factor. It's not what it's not the it's not the payday or whatever or, or makes me feel, you know. That's not why I'm doing it, and it, it, I'm doing it for the love of, of art. And, and so if I could share that and, and spread it and make other artists better. I'm, I'm, that's what I do, man. And for other artists, and you get those little haters and those little jealous people all and, the time. And, and they want me to be that like them, or they think I'm like them, but I'm not, man. I'm just giving up the love to them. And, and yeah, if they come at me sideways, I'm going to talk some shit. You know, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not a punk. I'm not going to let, and I'm, and I'm also an, an older person. I'm an elder, man. I'm going to put you in check if you need to be put in check. Cause I'm a teacher, right? That's sometimes yeah. that's what we have to do. We got to uh, bring you down to, Reality. Reality. <laughs> and that's, that goes for me too. But that doesn't mean that I'm not doing that to make me feel better because I hate doing that to people. I, unless they're just, they got it coming, you know, and then I, then I take it. But, but I do it because they, they, they brought it out of me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I have to check you. And I've been checked. And I shut the fuck up when I've been checked. And that's, and that's one of the reasons that I've been able to grow and get better, not just as, as a person or, you know, everything psychologically as an artist is because I, I, I got to keep it real with myself. And I got to be, and I'm also putting in the work as much as I can get in, as much as I can. So I'm too busy uh, working or putting it in. I'm not going to put that energy into, into um, you know, dissing someone or, yeah. or 
or, or, or not trying to bring uh, someone out. I, I'm trying to bring everyone out. And, and, you know, I brought up dudes that, that are way beyond as far as financial success. They have like, sometimes I laugh at myself because it's like they're living my fucking dream. But it's not really my dream. It's not a jealousy thing. It's, it's like a joke thing. I, I'm glad that I can put those people on and they're better than me. You know, or, or mm-hmm. those places. I don't hate them that they're there. I'm proud, even though the world doesn't know it. Or Fuck I might get yeah, the credit, man. I know that I, I'm, I'm responsible for that. You're part of their I'm journey. Part of their journey. And, and sometimes I don't get the help back, but I don't care. I don't need it. That's, That's not while I'm doing it. Most of the time I do. But but I know personally that I, I'm i a big part of why, and, and, and people are experiencing a whole other aspect of art without even me having to be there, just by putting these other people in the right uh, positions, Dude, you know. That's that's exactly what Rodney Dangerfield did when he brought up a bunch of people, and pretty much he got famous when he was old too. I just yeah, yeah, yeah. But but while he was old, he had this uh, young comedian fifties. Like yeah, like fifties. Yeah. yeah, dude. Like he was like on Ed Sullivan when he was like forty nine, and he was still putting up uh, aluminum siding. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I heard about just. Heard oh no, but my point about Rodney is that Rodney he had uh, the opportunity, like he was doing all these HBO specials with yeah. skits and stand up and whatnot. But then he started doing the young comedian showcases yeah. where he would put up like Andrew Dice Clay, Sam Kennison, uh, right. Tim Young. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Tim Allen, Bob Saget. Um, all these like people, they were like not known back then. Yes, yes. And then after they came out with this shit, they all got fucking sitcoms. It's like T the K has a career like that, right? TK Kirkland. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's got a similar type of career. A lot of people are doing that now. Tiffany Haddish just did it on Netflix. Well, that's kind of what I do when I host these shows, which I'm going to be hosting. No, no. But what I'm saying is, man, that is a fucking true artist right there because you care about the artistry so much. You're like, yeah, this the is art my artist. First. The art first, not my, you. Yeah, exactly. Because the art's going to be, the art was there before you. Too. It's not just mine. Yeah, it doesn't belong to me either. It belongs to the world, right? Right. So, yeah. So I put that first. Me second, right? But of course, to to have these doors open up, or for me be, to be able to open doors for other people, I also have to put myself in positions where I can open up doors. You know what I mean? I have yeah. to be there too. So there, there is. But no, you know what? Going to all the stuff we're talking about with Rodney Dangerfield, I just learned that <laughs> that um, I'm not a genius, right? If I was genius, I'd be like Picasso. I would be, you know, being able to do things in my 20s. And there's artists who hit in their 20s. They peak their 30s. And they have a career, but then you don't hear about them anymore. Me personally, all my favorite artists that I've that I admire, that I look up to, they're they didn't get famous until their forties and fifties, man. They didn't become masters or whatever, and they don't. They kind of they have a different attitude about. Or they're, they're all almost sometimes a little bit jaded, even because you know they had to put in the work and the struggle. Right? There's no magic to what they or romance into. Uh, it's not romantic what they did. They, they don't see it that way. Because they, they they went through it, right? And they're now 50s or whatever. There's no, you know, before they get... and I, But I feel like those are my favorite artists, the ones that got famous in their 40s and 50s, because they took the hard route. They took the long mm. route. They didn't take any shortcuts. They didn't jump across. So you don't... These guys that are great, like we're talking about, T.K. Kirkland or, or, or Roddy, you, you, they blew up when they were old because... And, but, and they were the real deal, right? Because they were the real deal. But they took the harder route, right? And so I, I feel like I'm one of those people too. Like I'm going to... Two years, I'm going to be 50. And... Uh, but I'm exactly where I, I'm happy where I'm at as far as my career. But I feel like my career is just barely taking off now. This is where I'm fine. I, because I took the long route, not the short, because I'm barely starting to get my, my dues or, or, my, or my recognition now in this mm-hmm. older, older age. Because it's like, you know, it's like mastering a fucking piano or something that takes, takes a lifetime to, to do what I do. So you're not going to get results and the things that you want when you're 20, when you're still trying to, you know, I'm trying to be like a grandmaster monk, some old school, you know what I mean? Bruce Lee yeah. shit, like... Uh, th- that's where I'm, I'm I'm going. My goal was not to be like this 20-year-old, 30-year-old hotshot. It was to be this kind of old grandmaster. And so these guys become better as they get older, right? And mm-hmm. uh, so I'm 
I'm kind of reversing time in, in that way where like, uh, because I'm, I'm choosing mastery, right. To master my craft and what I do. And, and along that, you know, life and its decisions, never going to master that fully, but it's, it's always a learning pro- uh, process. Right. But be- because I'm taking that longer route, my rewards are going to pay off till the, till the end till, as I'm older, I guess is what I'm saying. And that's, and it makes sense why I have kids now, you know, they're, they're benefiting. I couldn't have those you know, when I was younger would have been mm-hmm. the same. So that's what I'm kind of looking at life and, and these things that way. And, and, and so that's why I've been able to help these younger artists too. I, I really believe in that. And they help me, man, because they're relevant. You know what I mean? They're doing their thing. I, I learn from them. They, and I'm always learning, dude. I never, I make sure to always, because um, as a teacher, right? Like uh, the worst thing I could ever do or anybody could ever do is to uh, stop themselves from learning. And uh, if I thought I was too smart or too good or had fig- figured it out, had the answers or whatever, I'm going to stop learning. Or if I didn't have that humility level, yeah. I know the reality of where I set in the in 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 the in the scheme of things, right? But and so that all those things of um, you know, they help me grow and become better, man. And that's what it's really about for me. You know? I mean, that's the thing about know it alls. You can't teach them anything these days. Know it all. Right, so it's just too. like that's what I fucking hate about some of my students. Sometimes like I already know this. I don't got to do this. I'm like, well, if we already know, it's gonna be really easy. So just do it real quick. Right. And then it's just like, what? We'll do it again. That's yeah, that's time. exactly no. Do that's what I fucking say, man. Oh yeah. I'm finished already. Like I have students. I like you, bro. I've had thousands of students, bro. Thousands. Of Jeez. Students. Yeah, and it's just like, no, this takes time. And I've heard it's it all. Nurturing. And, I, and oh, I got it. I did it. And then they're like, okay, I'm done. And it's we're a- we're spending like an hour on something. I'm done. I'm like, um, okay. So they're just doing it for the course credit. Then do they don't give one. a fuck, right? Do another one. Oh, most of them are, especially if you're teaching the fundamentals. Oh no, like which is hard. Oh, just how challenging is that then? Like, honestly, because I took the history of jazz, yeah. and at the time, I didn't give a fuck about jazz, and it was university level. Yeah. And you had to dude, touch it? huh? You teach it? No, I had to, no, oh, no, no, no. Class? I would took a class as a college, as a university student, yeah. okay, and, okay, I'm, okay. and I'm just going through the motions. And this guy is up there talking about how jazz changed America, yeah. and I'm like, dude, just fucking pass me. I don't right. give a fuck about this. I need right. to, all due respect to jazz. I, I mean, I, I grew into jazz after the fact. And I'm right. like, God, I wish I would have fucking learned because I just learned Duke Ellington, yeah. Ella Fitzgerald. And, it's and, just, and that stuff stays with us sometimes. The you Cotton you Club. Don't, you don't realize that, uh, how important it is to Oh, like, dude, it was super 10, important, 15, man. 20 years later. That was one of the fucking most. Even now, probably how you handle the mic and how you handle the stage. It's like, like I call myself like a jazz player as far as like how I paint or, mm. or even how I host when I do our Lex B. Frank podcast. Um, I, I say we're like jazz players. Um, I don't like to overplan things. I'm not a classical. I'm not going to write it all down and put everything down. I'm going to just, uh, I'm going to go with the feeling and and have that come out and freestyle it, right? Like you're tap dancing your way through the through the whole thing. And that, I'm sure that relates, that's what jazz is. That's, yeah. I'm sure that relates directly with um, how you handle the crowd. Well, you know? yeah, man, because like... You some, don't have a pre-script, kind of. You kind of Well, to, you kind of... You have like a skeleton a little, of a script. Yeah, yeah, of course. And and like, you know where you're But there's sp- some people who have it all the way down. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. They're like classical composers. Yes, absolutely. And, and there's those who just kind of... Um, Work it out as this happens. Well, I mean, I'm talking mostly from me. No, like I don't have like a fucking fan base where I have a fan page and people are like, "When's your next show? What are you doing?" And blah 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 blah. I got like few people that actually really like me that I've met through comedy that right. are not comedians that you know have bought my merchandise, have paid to go to my shows, have paid to go to my shows, and it's just like these are the type of people that I need in my fucking life. Yeah. But you know when, when you're like when when you don't have a huge fan base or anything, and and you have to make the audience happy. Or like for example, when I'm opening for a big name, right? What? Like um, John Witherspoon or 
uh, Pablo Francisco or any of these big names. Like, they're not there to see me, Victor yeah. Pacheco. Yeah. They're there to see the big headliners. And so I have to fucking like do what I think is going to be best for their crowd. Right. As opposed job, to too. if I, yeah, that, that is my job. Yeah. But it's it's kind of cool though, right? Don't you feel sometimes being underrated like that? Because they're not, um, they're not expect. No one's expecting shit from you. And well, they, and especially they, and they, and as the host. Impressive. Yeah, they impressive. Like I'm sure that's what happened to you when these guys met you, right? They weren't expecting to see you, right? Well, they, they weren't. What was funny as fuck though you. was that I was on a show with a bunch of fucking killers, and Lex Lex was saying like, "Hey, you you were the funniest guy on the show." I'm right. like, dude. There's like my mentor was on that show, yeah. like you know the men- my mentor was the one who put me on the show was headlining it, yeah. and that dude's fucking hilarious as fuck. But you know maybe he, I appealed to him more than than my mentor did. Right. But and I'm not saying because my mentor like you know you put me against my mentor and he'll beat me every fucking time. Right. You know so I'm not denigrating. Shout out to Dennis Gaxiol. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, he's been on Drive. No, but here's the thing though. Like Dennis, he's been doing comedy for like 25 years. I've been doing it for eight. Right. He'll like take me to go. He's introduced me to like. Bookers. He's introduced me to venues. He's got me stage time at comedy clubs. Right. He's got me uh, like he's just a really good guy, yeah. and he doesn't have to do this. And I'm like, why do you do this? He's like, I think you're funny, and yeah. he's a clean comic. Right. He doesn't say fuck or shit or goddamn or nothing. He doesn't right. talk about his dick. That must be hard to do. Too, no, what's hard to do? What's hard for me to realize is like, how could a clean family man like this? Yeah. Take me under his fucking wing and be like, I'm going to give this guy a chance. I'm going to help him learn how to be. Yeah, well, I mean, but still, I'm I'm still like the dirtiest. I'm not the dirtiest, but compared to him, I'm like, you know, I say fuck and suck my spick dick and, you know, all this shit. Or like, it's just like compared to what he talks about, I'm like, fuck, he has a message. It's wholesome. He talks about his family and his kids and growing up with, you know, being a parent and, you know, being Latino and being married to a Mexican chick. And it's just like, dude. Fuck. And, like, he's been telling me for years, years. He told me four years ago, hey, Victor, man, you need to be clean. You need to be clean, man. I think you need to. um... Oh, no, but he was right, though, because I just recently, during the pandemic, did my first clean show, and I did 15 minutes. I was going to ask you. I was going to tell you. You you have to be versatile, I think is what he's trying to tell you. What's that? Versatile? Versatility. You have to be able to do a clean show if you have to do a clean show. Yeah, but I never had to do a clean show. But, but, But you did it. I did it, so I think maybe because I never was booked on a clean show up until the pandemic. It's like me. Sometimes I got to do jobs that um, are all me. They're 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 not even connected to really what I do as an artist, mm-hmm. but I can do them and I'll do them well. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just doing a fucking sign for somebody if I need the money. Yeah, but dude, like the whole clean thing. Yeah. I can't talk about weed. I can't talk about fucking my wife like an elephant. Yeah. I can't talk about choking out my wife. Yeah. I can't fucking no, talk I know, about. I know. I know. You know. I I, I, I can't talk about all the ass. You're, you're, you're still. What I'm saying is that that's good that you have that because you. You, I, the way I look at myself is like I, I'm a contractor. Like like I'm not I'm an artist, but I'm also a contractor. Like mm-hmm. like sometimes I'm not saying with my art shit. Fuck you, bitch, hoe, whatever. I'm, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, I'm sometimes I just gotta fucking hear this is the place or whatever. So it's versatility. You gotta have that. That's part of me being. That's the challenge for me to be an artist is that I can adapt to these other situations when needed yeah. to be. And maybe that's what he was trying to tell you. Yeah, yeah. And it might make your cussing show better because you can lay out a whole presentation clean and still be hilarious and now imagine if you did that took that format and added all your cuss words and stuff yeah. that, you, that, that works for you and and lay it all down you're gonna be a better but uh, here's the thing though man because this is this is this was the problem and i'll tell you the truth i listen to a bunch of stupid fucking people yeah. that fucking say hey this is how my brain works so this is exactly how your brain's gonna work too yeah, yeah, and yeah. a lot of people have the mentality if you learn 
how to write dirty first, you'll never learn how to write clean. And I'm like, that's not even true. Right, no, that's not know, true at all. Know. Like that. Well, unless you're the kind of person who relies on those things to be funny, you know? Well, I mean, but yeah, that's the thing though. There's a lot of people that will use like foul language and vulgarity and profanity to, uh, for shock value because they don't like, you know, the index of words that they have available I, in their arsenal well, isn't really you, that you, you knew, expensive. I don't know. I told you I was kind of connected to the little, to the comic book. I mean, not the little, but the uh, comedy scene for a little while. I was uh, hosting shows. Yeah, I was hosting shows. That's fucking badass. You know, raising money for people, cancer, you know what I mean? And I was hanging out with uh, the Chicano artists, you know, uh, Sean Dizzo and you know those guys. That's why I met Butch and Birdman, all the San Jose click. Um, And they they would use my artwork in the the backdrop, you know what I mean? It was cool. And uh, what I learned really quick, man, when I was up there talking shit, and I, I don't even know why I was up there. That's what I made my jokes about, like, what the fuck am I doing up here, right? And, but I, you catch yourself like, um, acting like other people. That you're not, because you think that that's what it is. Stand up? No, that's what I found out myself that I was doing. Like, you start acting like what you think comedy is supposed to be and start using words or maybe even making jokes about things, but it had nothing to do with who I was as a person. Yeah. And I caught myself, and I, I was drinking a little bit to get loosened up and not be. Yeah, eating. it's hard to host and, a show. And I'm just like, man, this is hard. <laughs> like, like, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like, I'm acting like somebody else. <laughs> I was being fake. Yeah, and and that that t- I, I could feel it, and I felt like it was coming out. Mm. But I was learning a lot of stuff, man. Being on there because this is not an easy thing, man. You really have to just be. Um, yeah, you got to be on your toes. You got to be you too. You can't. But just yeah, be, dude, you, know, you got to be a lot of things, man. You just got to be organic and truthful from the heart, and that's why every story that I tell on stage mm. really happened because I'm a terrible liar. I'm the worst fucking. I'm not. See, good. that's my problem too. Like, um, I'm not a good liar. I'm a. I'm a good. Uh, holder back of details, yeah. but I'm not a good liar because I don't remember. That was my problem for a long time, speaking in public and um, just being, I, I'm a lot better speaker, but I taught for 10 years, right? The first two years were really tough. I was super anxiety to in front of people. Oh, God. Like, you don't even want to go to work, right? No, bro. I used to, I used to be like, <laughs> throw up, bro, like before sometimes. I'd be oh, like, no. Spaghetti, like that kind of thing. <laughs> well, I remember my first time. You got I the m M&M and of murals yeah, over bro, here. I was just like, and but <laughs> even after 10 years of speaking and it's still kind of tough. Even now, it gets a little tough. There's that anxiety that's always going to be because there, now your reputation's on the line, and well, like you have all these you have years. To, I realize that the more you in, in any career that you're in, the more you speak publicly, the more you talk, the, the higher you're going to, you know, your, your pay grade. Everything's going to increase yeah. when you do. It. So it's very important to be a, a, a clear, good speaker. It's probably why, why it's part of the reason why I got into that, you know, into the podcast with Lex because I was going to be able to sharpen. That was a weak part of me to, um, you know, just be able to uh, to speak in public that way. But, uh, I, I think this is harder than speaking in public because this shit's recorded. Well, yeah, and so you know, it's, you're on the line yeah. later, and maybe in ten years. I'm not. I know. I, I worry about that too. But I'm also not a professor anymore, which I kind of like. When I was a teacher, I, I I would wear two different hats. Like I don't speak like you hear me speak. You don't. I don't use the language. Yeah, you're more eloquent. I'm more eloquent. I professor was. Voice. I was yes, and 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 you won't know that, dude. When I'm hanging out with people, you, it's like two different people. Yeah, who's that douchebag? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. And so, but to. There's a freedom now with not being a teacher either to be able to go and just be able to cuss and speak the way I speak. And that's what my point is I couldn't be fake. Like it was really small talk mm-hmm. was fake. I didn't know how to small talk. Um, you know, I hated like talking about the weather, you know, small talk, bullshit talk. I, Cause I wasn't fake. So it was really hard for me to fake it. You know, and I wouldn't smile a lot either because what, why am I happy? What, what, what? Like to me, that was being fake. You know what I mean? For, to smile that, but I've learned from speaking that, that a smile will, it just breaks down barriers, dude. Like, like it yeah, makes dude. life so much easier Smi- just by smiling at somebody like the people you're going to yeah. speak to. Just go walk up there and smile 
and you would change the entire vibe. Yeah, dude. And, and, and so I had to learn not how to. I don't want to say I learned how to be fake. No, but I learned skills. You know what it's called? What's that? What I call it, at least, What's it's it? called manipulating the energy in the room. Okay, yeah. And you manipulate it to be your energy, so everybody's yeah. on your wavelength. But I, exactly. So but I you get that was being fake before. No, but that's not. No, no. It's a technique in public speaking yeah. when works. you're trying to get everybody on board. Yeah, it and works. it's not being fake. It might be disingenuous to who you are, but it's a skill set that you have to learn in order exactly. to be an effective speaker exactly. or an expect. Uh, 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 um, an accomplished educator or somebody who's proficient in what they do when they're speaking out loud to exactly. a lot of people. So I had to learn those, those, and that's the same thing as because I, what I realized right away when I got on the, on the mic up there that it was like, Oh, I'm, I'm uh, not, a me, yeah, I'm not a comedian. <laughs> Definitely. But there's also, it's a skill. It's a, this is a, like, you don't just get up here and start talking. Oh, dude, before I did stand-up, I thought that's all they did. Yeah, that's what everybody did. Yeah. I was like, oh, no, this is... Uh, They've been working on this for years. You, you have to train. This is like a skill like anything else, you know what I mean? And it made me a better teacher, too, you know what I mean? Doing those, um, you know, by being able to speak and being, using those techniques. Being and, a comedy show host made you dude, a better a, teacher. Yes, exactly. Being a teacher... Thank you. Being a, being we a need more yeah. teachers out there. Teachers, don't dude, do comedy, but do it dude. for a couple a couple weeks a and teacher, then go back. <laughs> you've got to be an educator. You've got to be a comedian. You've got to be an actor. You've got to be a performer. There's a lot to go on to being a teacher than just dude. Knowing yeah, what man, the hell you're, you're everything, about. man. Did you did you say psychologist? Yeah, too? Oh, psychologist. Yeah. yeah, advisor. I mean, yeah, counselor. Dude. Yeah, dude. You uh, have to be all those things. Absolutely. Yeah, the guidance counselor, dude. Because yeah. you don't even know. Because that's the thing about public schools, man, and like non-university, non-college, non-community college places where you're not paying money directly to take those classes. Yeah. They don't give a fuck if you develop. And even when you pay the class, they don't give a fuck if you develop. But if you ask questions and you look like you have potential, then they'll strike an interest in you, yeah. and then they will help you but like for for the most part people are just taking the classes to get by that, that's why i didn't like teaching like high school and shit like that i got i got the california oh college. high school's the fucking worst man everyone's yeah. all fucking hormonal yeah, everyone's right. dry some of them are driving and they talk to you certain ways like, yeah I, I used, I used like, like bitch teacher. i ain't your parent don't exactly. fucking talk to me like that and the thing is that's why i like teaching college because like probably the only place i like to teach because they pay to be there they want to be I, and i would tell them i would tell my students hey look I, I i remember when teaching got a lot i used to take a personal when my students did bad like I was, I was so, yeah, I used, yeah, right, that's funny, huh? You're a good teacher then, yes. I know, I I, I'm, I'm laughing because I, I, I agree. True, right? And I did that for maybe the first five, six, seven years, dude. Like, I was just like, and I would bust my ass and, you know, and, and it just would, and I realized that not all people are, you know, not everybody's equal, created equal, let's put it that way. And um, what do you call it? Um, once I stopped giving a fuck, yeah. not, it's not that I stopped giving a fuck because I've always been, but I was just like, I'm not, if you're not giving, if, if the student is not giving me the energy, back that i'm giving to that student mm -hmm. that i can't it's that's your problem you know what i mean like that's your it's not i can't hold your hand through this i can't force you to be you have to be you have to want this and i would tell my students all the time look you want you want me you want my if i'm not paying attention to you if, I, if you feel whatever whatever your feelings are if you want more of me you got to give me more of you right and that's Damn. what and that's that, and that's true right that's if you real want, talk right I'm a, there if i'm not paying enough attention to you you think or whatever then come and get make me pay attention to you yeah right? come, come to talk, my office hours come and talk to me and then yeah. i'll give you that and it's true i will yeah so i what's that that's what i started to do i started not caring about the students who didn't care too much yeah. because you're great that's what, and i would tell them you're, you're paying me to be here we're not in high school this ain't a public school you're pay, i get paid to talk to you if you don't want to listen to me you don't have to yeah you know that's your way you can waste your money but you're here and so might as well, and you're here for these three hours and I got you. So you might as well, and you're, you're choosing to be here. So you might as well engage yeah. and learn. And I, I, but, but see, I'm on a college level. I'm talking to adults. Yeah. 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 Or, you know, if you can't tell a high school, Hey, yeah, you, no. you can get the fuck out if you don't want to, even if you dress it up, exactly. you can leave if you'd like. 
You can't say that at high school because then everyone exactly. would stand up, leave, and then if one of them get hit by a car, you're liable exactly. because you told them they could leave. Exactly. So that's so. one of the reasons I, that I changed. But, but that made it, teaching a lot easier for me. Um, not taking so much, taking it so personal. Right? Yeah. Well, guys. that's with everything, though, man. With stand up, dude. I did this show, and I'm and I was scared as shit because the guy who booked me for it, uh, he's another fat Mexican guy, and I love him with all my heart. And he could be clean, but he's one of the dirtiest motherfuckers I've ever met. Right. And he like, and we we did this uh, moose lodge in San Jose, mm-hmm. and the average age over there was like fifty five to seventy. Mm-hmm. And they were all old Latinos, but they weren't like retired cholos or anything. Yeah. And it was like kind of scary because my homie uh, Mario, who's a big Mexican dude, Mario Montes, he told me, all right, man, yeah, you got to be clean. I'm like, Mario, you booked me for this fucking show. You know I ain't fucking clean. Yeah, yeah. He's like, you got to be clean. But then when he started saying bitch and motherfucker yeah. during his hosting set, I was like, okay, all this shit's out the window. I'm just going to curse. I'm going to do my regular set. Yeah. And I had a really good fucking set. I had a really good fucking set. But you have the skills. Oh, no, but you know what happened, though? This No, because about not taking it too personally. There's 120 people at the show. About Out of those 120, 75 of them walked up to me, shook my hand, told me how great I was. Yeah. I did a great job. Out of those 75, uh, 20 people... Um, took pictures with me right. like i'm gonna be famous one day or something yeah. and then uh one of those people out of the 75 that came up to me told me that i did a great job but that his wife didn't like my set because she's a retired educator and she didn't like how i was making the industry look oh and i was all like uh, i'm sorry but it's the truth that yeah. was my response yeah. and then i told my mentor and that's why it's funny i told my mentor about it and he's like Hey, bro, next time just tell him, hey, it's a comedy show. I was yeah. like, oh, that's all you have to say? Yeah, oh, you joke. don't have to take it fucking personally? Because I took it fucking personally it's and shit. Joke. And then and then the fucking dude added me on Facebook. And I'm like, why would you add me on Facebook when your wife fucking hates you. me? Oh, he said he liked me. He yeah. said he thought I was funny. But he you, said that my wife... Yeah, you know what I realized, too, man, is... um, But that hurt. Yeah, I was no, just... No, listen, listen, as an artist, okay, look, I'm going to give you an example. So... I'll walk into like a hotel sometimes, a fancy hotel or whatever, and there's a beautiful painting on the wall, right? Mm-hmm. I'm probably the only motherfucker that realizes that there's a beautiful masterpiece standing there. <laughs> People just walk by that thing all day and they don't, they don't pay it no mind. Mm-hmm. It's so beautiful, even these things that they don't even exist in a way. Um, but my artwork, some people hate my artwork, you know? And, and I, I used to kind of like, at first kind of like, well, what's, what did I do wrong? You know? I realized that those people stopped, took their time, looked at my work and, and hated it. I did my job. You don't have yeah. to love my artwork, but I did my job. I made you engage. These beautiful pieces, these painters who can paint better than me, beautiful, more beautifully, I should say. Yeah, it's uh, they can, but it doesn't mean shit because it's like it's not art. It's decoration mm-hmm. in a way. You know what I mean? And so, but my art actually makes you stop and engage. You don't have to like it. it, it and mm-hmm. and if everybody liked your art or what you do, there's something wrong with you. Not everybody loved Jesus. You know what I mean? People hated him too. <laughs> you know I mean? like it's not. It's if you if everybody loves you, there's something wrong. So you got to have yeah. those people that don't, as long as it's a lower percentage, yeah. I guess, than, of people who love you. You know what I mean? So you're not going to make it. <laughs> but then but then what you have to realize is, is that that's your people. Those are your crowd. Yeah. And the, your, your feet, you don't have to feed the whole world your content. You don't, don't know why. But, you, but you, you just have to worry about that fan base. That, mm-hmm. that those other people, those are your people. And you make your things for them. And fuck those other people. And it's not you. That's and, right. and here's another thing I realized. I bet you. But that person, that lady that didn't like you, if you guys were hanging out, you you guys would you'd hate her guts anyways. 
There's, there's something wrong. I didn't with know her. you were going that way. There's something wrong with her, not something wrong with you. Well, no, because the thing is, it's like you she's, don't want to be her friend. No, no, no. But I'm trying to like. Re- okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing that I try to tell other people. Like, I I swear to God, like there there is like, um, I forgot what the fuck I was gonna say. There's like what the lady. No, I mean, it's just, like, there's people that are fucking always going to, like, talk shit about you and yeah. try to make you feel like shit. Yeah. And, like, even when you do really fucking great, like, everybody doesn't like Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Some, and then, but but also, there's some people that don't like Dave Chappelle because he's a black man. Right. Not because of anything he says, but yeah. because they're fucking racist. And yeah. he's, like, bringing to light all these in social injustices right, that are affecting black and brown yeah, people. So, place. like, what he's doing right now, he has too much celebrity to be talking about all these, like, social issues that are actually negatively impacting Americans right. of, of color and, and is, or poor people. And it's just, like... You know, the the establishment doesn't want these voices to be talking about how there should be equality. Yeah. You know, the whole point of entertainment is Nobody to distract likes to be us. Called out. To distract us of all the injustices that are going yeah. on. And, like, people still admit, don't admit that they're, that they're, uh, our country and our government was written by white supremacists yeah. because... And there's still a white supremacist agenda. And there's still, yeah, the agenda's still there. And, and, you know, and the people who don't want to look at it are the, usually the people who are benefiting from it. Right. Uh, subconsciously, they turn the blind eye. Why would they fuck the cash cow right and there? It's not, and it's not their problem, so they don't... It's just like, um, it's just a transgender issue, right? Not that mm-hmm. I got a problem with them. Okay. But I, I'm not... I'm not doing anything about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not doing shit, but, but you know. But, but, um, but what I'm saying is, it's not my problem. You know what I mean? That's yeah. their problem. I don't have a problem with them yeah. doing their thing about it, but it's not really. I can't be everywhere. I can't solve no, all I, the problems. I, I know right? what you're saying, yeah. but like in certain cases, like it's not being a teacher, just being like, a, hey, think of it like this type of way. And some people are like, that's a teaching moment. But listen, like, I, like when like I hear like a bunch of Mexican dudes, it's always Mexican dudes because that's who I hang out with. Literally. And like when they're fucking saying, oh, yeah, es un puto, le gusta la verga, es un maricón, which is like all homophobic shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, what's the problem with gay people, man? And I'll tell a story about how I kicked it with this gay it's guy. And, we, and then they got all scared. I'm like, what, you think it fucking rubbed off on me and now it's going to rub off on you? Yeah. Well, you think I'm going to jerk you off right now? You know, I, I grew up take the- off your fucking cowboy boots and shit what the fuck up, you think i grew up in the central valley man and uh that, i was exposed to you know it was always there but i didn't know that you know what i mean we, it's just that conversation we didn't have right with with yeah homosexuals and stuff like that and i i had something in the back of my like i had an issue with them for and i now that i'm older and i i look back we're, we're talking about 10 plus years you know mm-hmm. of me having a different attitude yeah but then i think i look back now and i go what was my problem why did i have a problem with gay people like i should what what what, what that was my problem. Was it their problem? Do you know what it was? Yeah, I grew up in a fucking homophobic <laughs> environment, culturally. Okay, yeah, okay, good, good, good. Because no, yeah. no, no. I, so you figured that out 10, 12, 15 years ago, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and so let, let's put it like this. There, there's men in their 90s who have still not figured it out. Right. How old is Jent in his 70s or 80s yeah, and shit? Exactly. He hasn't figured it out. He won't even fucking take a liver if it belonged to a fucking gay guy or gay exactly. woman. And it's just like, dude, who the fuck do you think you are, man? How many chicks do you fuck in your career, man? You're dick. You probably got more viruses than any fucking yeah, gay right. guy yeah. or straight guy. And like with that voice, and like he's the macho man, yeah. and he's a caballero, and he's mariachi, and he's yeah. just fucking great. He's like the, and I was like, and this is the fucking poster boy of fucking, this is Mexico. Mexican royalty, and this guy's yeah. so homophobic and right. shit. And you know what? They didn't fucking cancel Vicente Fernandez after he said that shit. Good. Because it's a homophobic fucking culture and hey, shit. He's chente. But it's chente, though. But, but fuck chente, man. But I'm going to say it again. the culture of, the, of that time. Yeah. Stuff. But, 
But yeah, don't tell me you never played Chent. Then you just started crying for no reason. Oh, that's have. never not happened. That's always yeah. happened. You always like when you put on Chent, you some get emotional. Tequila, you think, oh, dude, even sober, man, yeah. I'll fucking think I'll fucking put on some rancheras and shit, and like I'll get flashbacks to being in a van and my dad driving us to go to Reno and shit to stay at the fucking Silver Legacy or Circus Circus, and then he'd give us like ten dollars each and to go like play arcade games and whatnot for like two like ten dollars lasting. Two hours that yeah. you're good at video games right. and um you know we walk around we try to like you know get margaritas and shit like you know we're little kids you know so we're just trying to get drunk or whatnot but like dude like those are old fucking times like right now i think about my 11 year old niece if we were to all go to reno no way in fuck i'd let her and another 11 year old kid boy or girl her cousin or whatever the fuck i would never let her go out to reno by herself Knowing, like, now as an adult, I know there's hella fucking drug addicts and right. rapists and shit there. Right, right. But as a kid, I'm like, oh, cool, people are smoking. Yeah. yeah. All these, like, and it's just like, dude, that's fucking sick, man. All the lights, it's so pretty oh, yeah. and shit. I didn't know about the meth. I didn't know about the hookers. I didn't know about the crack oh, whores. I didn't know about any of that I shit. No, but still, though, I mean, I didn't know about kidnappings either. Yeah. I didn't know about, um, what's it called, the sex trade. I didn't know about well, any of that. It's a good thing you were a fucking little, fat, ugly Mexican kid, Thank bro. God I was a fat, because ugly no Mexican. One no, but you, I was with my brother. That, kidnap you. I was with my brother. Yeah, it's hard to kidnap a fat kid, yeah. man. You know how much fucking plus strength it takes to fucking lift up a fat plus, kid? Plus, you, or how much candy exactly. it takes to entice a fat kid? You got to have like, hey, that's why it has to be a van full of candy to get a fucking fat kid. You know, they just say I've, I have candy in my van, not I have right. a fucking like a fucking pallet of fucking Hershey candy bars or something. <laughs> Which, by the way, I would go check out now as an adult if somebody said they had a pallet of Hershey's chocolate bars. I would, yeah, let me see it, man. And like, yeah, let me see some of that spick dick. I'm like, okay, yeah. I mean, as an adult right now, because you know that's not funny if it's anybody younger. But no, dude. But like, I don't know, man. Like, there's certain things you could joke about. There's certain like but there's it's a stupid thing that's always been, and that's why I, I can say now, like, I, I feel like a lot of this macho thing is just these guys are trying to figure. Even the womanizers, man, I feel like. A, yeah, dude, dude, being a womanizer is part of being macho, yeah, it's, man. It's, it's like you're trying to prove to yourself that you're not homosexual. Yeah, to prove this to you. you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not just proving it to yourself; you're proving it to the world because you're fucking all these chicks. You're getting right. them all pregnant. You're yeah, fucking you're spreading your show, seed. You're, really you're like, look, I'm not gay. I got fucking twenty kids with fucking exactly. five so with, with like this, seven women, and yeah. I'm just like, dude. And this it's is just, like, it's just a crazy thing to be. Yeah, yeah, it, man. It needs to change. I mean, I got bastard half siblings in Mexico I've never met. Nice. And then I found out recently they didn't want to meet me. I'm like, you know what? Suck my spick dick. Fuck you. Like, I don't give a fuck. You're a fucking bastard ass kid that my dad nutted into because your mom's a fucking whore. And he didn't even fucking respect her enough to fucking marry her. He fucking had a way to fuck my mom until he fucking married her. So fuck you. You don't want to meet me. So, you know, that's how I feel about it. You know, you don't want to meet me. Well, good. I don't give a fuck. What are you going to do? Hey, bro. Can I hug you? group hug group hug okay yeah this is a group hug this is uh this is where it gets really dark so yeah so then i I went to mexico and i murdered him i'm just kidding no that part didn't happen at all yeah i know i'm just no his name is edgar um but and so like yeah but that's what they call the people those fucked up haircuts they call them edgars i don't know if you heard about that like well anyway um but he's, like, older than me, obviously, so I should respect my elders. So I'm not being a good Mexican right now. But you know what I mean? It's just like, dude, this guy has a hard-on for us because, what? you know, my dad chose my mom over oh. his mom type of situation. Yeah. It's just yeah. like, dude, yeah. sorry. Yeah. I wasn't there for that, dude. You want right. to hold that against me and shit? Right. Well, it's, not your, it's not your fault. He's the illegitimate fucking Pacheco. <laughs> yeah, he's, well, I, yeah, he's a Pacheco just, I guess, by DNA. I know, but he's illegitimate. Yeah, man. But... Oh, wait, wait, wait. 
Oh, shit. Party, party on. Party, party people. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah man. We almost had a an accident here. Oh, Frankie tried to touch my dick, oh, and uh, I fucking swung on him, and I was like, listen, I'm not having this right now. But um, no, I'm just fucking around. I couldn't reach. Yeah. Um, he couldn't reach because his pee-pee was too small. But um, yeah, guys. Um, dude. <laughs> We have had a fucking journey on this podcast tonight. That was a good one. I think it was pretty fucking good. We talked and about, um, we talked about different, uh, different stuff. Yeah, it man. It wasn't so much about you know. I mean, we did talk about our careers, but it wasn't. Yeah, man. It was just like you know, trying to get some parallels with no, because artistry is artistry, man. And like when it's respected, it's respected, and when it's not, it's not. And it's just like when you're coming up and like nobody knows who the fuck you are, it's like a lot harder. And then when you start like proving yourself to people, it's like, oh, cool. You start believing yourself also. It's it's part of the whole artist journey. If you don't go through the struggle, you're not really an artist. Like, you know what I mean? You got to fall. It's like too short. Like I heard this. Uh, who was it? One of these rappers. Since we're in Oakland. Talk about the rappers. But um, he was talking about um, how um, I think it was Fab talking to Too Short and trying to like, yeah, I did this. And Too Short told him like, well, you know what? He goes, Why? He goes, first fall, have a career, fall, and then rebuild that career and then come see me. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. what a real artist is. And so, like, you have to go through all that stuff. I went through my dark times as an artist. You know, if you're not questioning everything that you do, if you don't have, like, that kind of anxiety that I talk about, because it's because you're not, you're mm-hmm. supposed to have that because you, you're trying to do because good. You, yeah, exactly. You don't want to fuck it up. Exactly. You, you really want to make this shit. And it even goes through, like, what I heard Mike Tyson say recently also that, um, that, um, that the weakest people, the strongest people are the most self-conscious people. You know what I mean? Because they, yeah. they just have something to say, but they, you know, it's like the shy people. You know what I mean? Those are the people who have the, the strength. So you really have to go through the, a lot of these things that we're talking about as artists because you have to be, have courage, man. You have to be out there to, to, to put it out there and, and show, bear your soul, you know what I mean, and, and put who you are out there regardless of the criticism and all that shit. Is um, there's all stuff that you got to go through, man. Yeah, man. Well, I mean, dude, I mean, especially with comedy, though, that's the thing about it, though. As soon as you present it, people can heckle you and give you criticism right then and there yeah. while you're still fucking performing your fucking art. And that's why a lot of oh, people yeah. it's don't. Just, you got to have balls to get up there on the mic for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. You know what? You know what takes fucking balls, man? Like, you want to know what the scariest show I've ever done was? There was like 80 people on a Wednesday in El Bronte, and everybody. What? Where's El Bronte? El Bronte's by Richmond, California. Oh, okay. And so, what's it called? Um, uh, what's it called? Um, it was kind of scary because... Oh, you're an asshole. Um, it was kind of scary because, like, everybody was, was, uh, was really, really dressed to the gills. Um, and, um, like, seriously, like, these people were wearing, like, what people wear on... Easter Sunday to church at a comedy show at a comedy show on a Wednesday and everybody was black except me and I was like oh fuck man because like black people are the most uh, honest audience it was a black crowd it was a black crowd Sunday best on a Wednesday on a Wednesday Wednesday. and so like dude so everyone like dude there was like men in in, in white suits Uh there was women in beautiful dresses white dresses beautiful like all floor like they look everyone looked great except me i look like like sunday uh here in oakland by the lake right no way more elegant than that and um like no for real it's like like easter easter sunday service where everybody dresses no 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 it was it was more it was it was really and elsa bronte and And then uh what's it called so i'm doing this show and i'm the like only mexican dude there and i was just like and I, and I asked one of my black comedians, I was like, hey, is this joke racist? 
Because you got to ask black comedians. If, if you think a joke might be racist, you have to ask a black comedian. So ask my, because this, this experience happened to me when I was like teaching, I said, um, and this is a true story. I was like, I'm teaching this class and, and you know, all the kids, they're all black and it's a Spanish class. And I tell the kids, open your pay, open your books to page 52. And this kid said in front of the whole classroom, hella fucking loud. Shit. This fat Mexican nigga's sick with it thinking he's going to make his do work, bruh. Yeah, and so I said it exactly like that, and then I slow it down and say, "It's like, did you guys hear what I just said? This kid said to me after I told him to read, shit, this fat Mexican nigga is sick with it, thinking he's going to make us do work, bruh. I've been called a fat nigga before. I've been called a Mexican nigga before, but I've never been called a fat Mexican nigga before. So you know what? I wasn't going to let this kid get away with it. So I fucking you know, wrote a referral so I could write it down. When asked to open book, student replied, quote, shit, period, capitalized. This fat Mexican nigga, all in capitals, is sick with it, comma, thinking he's going to make us do work, comma, bruh. Not bro, bruh, 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 bruh. And then like one, so that happened that time. That was in high school. That was a ninth grader. Then I'm 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 in East Oakland uh, with some fourth graders, and this kid's like bruh, 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 a fourth grader, mind you. And so I told the fourth grader, I'm like bruh, 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 bruh. I'm not your bruh. I'm your teacher. Bruh, bruh, bruh. You know what bruh sounds like? Bruh sounds like when you're in the bathroom sitting down taking a dump, and you and, and it won't come out. And you're like bruh. And everyone was fucking dying, dude. I killed it with these fourth graders, dude. I was like, you got the skills, dude. Your comedy skills got to fucking be the best thing to deal with all that crap, dude. My comedy skills are the best thing to get me out of like uh, depression, man. Wait, what? Tickets. <laughs> Tickets. Oh, dude, I, I've talked my way out of a fucking DUI. Yeah, me too. Right? Yeah, what because we're sexy motherfuckers. That's just what happens and oh, shit. That funny. I was I wasn't that funny either. I was scared as fuck, but like I told him I was a comedian and dude because I got caught speeding uh running a red light in a construction zone. Dude, I should have got like a, like at least like a fucking two-pointer ticket off that and a DUI cuz I was drunk. Just for being a fucking um a fat Mexican nigga, you should have got a <laughs> I know. I was lucky he didn't fucking pull a gun on me. I had man. a guy one time. Uh, one of, he was one of my. He's a punk ass bitch. <laughs> Anyways, he, I was mentoring this this little chump, and uh, he was helping me do some work that I was paying him to do. And he worked on a weekend he wasn't supposed to work, and he fucked up the painting. The you know, and I got in trouble for it from the owners because because he ruined it that bad. He wasn't even supposed to be there. Oh no. Yeah, and and uh, they I guess they were teasing him or something like that. And he came and hit me up, man. All of a sudden, he was just like. Uh, he started jumping up and down, going, "What's up, bruh? What's up, bruh? What's up, bruh? You don't like the way I paint?" So I started jumping with him. Next time I go, "Yeah, bruh, what's up? What's?" I thought he was kidding. <laughs> he was hitting me up like he wanted to fight. Yeah. Oh, so you're antagonizing them without even knowing it. That shows you, bro. <laughs> that tells you the difference between the real and the, and the unreal. Yeah. The the, the alpha dogs. And the, and the, I, I was jump, jumping. Yeah. Up. I go, "Oh yeah, what's up, bruh?" Just I to was, make fun oh, of that little joke. I joke. wasn't even doing it to me. I just didn't know what to do. Cause oh, like, you're just. You know. I'm just like because he's like jumping up and down. Yeah. I didn't really. Oh, you gonna? Oh, you want to fight me? Oh <laughs> shit! Yeah, it was like that. But in my mind, I'm like, like, oh, like. I, but I didn't notice that till after I was doing all the jumping because I, I thought we were playing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, what's up, like little dog? Dude? What's up, brat? What's up, bro? So every time, yeah, I getting all that, bouncy and shit. It's like, how's that intimidating, froggy, motherfucker? I want you to give me a fucking piggyback like, ride. Don't like fucking be jumping height, like that. You know what I mean? It was like, oh, that's yeah. that brush stuff. Is, you don't like the way I paint, bruh? 
Yeah, dude. It's like, I'm not your bruh, bruh. I'm your teacher, bruh. That's what I told the kid. I'm not your bruh, bruh. I'm yeah. your teacher, bruh. I could call you bruh, but you can't call me bruh. I'm not yeah. your bruh, I mean, bruh. I call people bro, but that bro, bruh, bruh, yeah, that's you know. What I've always had, but that bruh thing, like, that bruh, 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 hey bruh, bruh, you that's know, a, because that's just this little punk ass. Well, you know, Theo Vaughn does it, so a lot of white kids do it too. Yeah, but he's he does it a different way. No, 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 no. So, um, yeah, man, fucking, um, I don't know, dude. Just a lot of language is like really influenced by entertainment. And yeah, like, it's all culture, man. That kind of goes back to that thing I was saying about acting uh, like a comedian. What somehow in the back of my subconscious, I had this pic- picture of what comedy was. It was funny yeah. to see it happen in me. Yeah, because I've seen other comedians that suck. Uh, they they kind of <laughs> they become other comedians in a way. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I was like, dude, I'm trying to be what I, some in this weird way, and it was not a a a, a good um, picture either. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Of what what this means? There's so there. I felt stupid for one, and I realized that there is a real skill to. To do that, but that goes to say it's culture. These little kids talk that way. Oh, yeah. this brother—it's supposed to mean intimidating or whatever. But to me, it was just funny. You're watching this dude. Yeah, well, I mean, well, that wasn't intimidating. That was like kind of cutesy wootsy. Like, what the yeah. fuck are you doing? Yeah, bruh, bruh, bruh. So every time I hear that, I was yeah, man. No, it kind of fucking puts you on edge. Like, what the fuck, dude? I ain't your bruh. I might be your brother, but I ain't your fucking bruh. Yeah. At least say the fucking cor- say it correctly and yeah. shit. And then it's fuck- like when people act gangster. Like, you know what I mean, mm. it's like a role that. People are yeah, well, that's a fucking mask of my yeah, machismo. It's, it's, it's not a real. It's not real anger. It's not real. Well, oh, I think person. I think it's real anger that comes from yeah, fucking yeah, self hate. It, it, it's an act. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, it's yeah. more like a, a an act that they're taking that that represents that. It's, it has nothing to do with who they are. And and honestly, if they did, were wise enough to see all that within themselves and in society, they wouldn't be acting up like that. That's their problem right there. That they don't really um they don't understand. Well, yeah, they don't understand it. They just do what they know. Yeah, they they exactly. do what they think and is cool. Just copying. And what they think is cool yeah. is fucking like, here's the thing that pisses me off about kids. Like one time I was like substitute teaching downtown Oakland right here. It's just like a type of continuation school, so to speak. Right. And it was like a digital arts class. And so everybody's like on Photoshop and blah, blah, blah. I see this. I see this kid. He's a black kid. Why is he black? Why does he have to be black? Because, you know, I'm in Oakland and he, the kid was black. And so he, I, I noticed that he opened up a square on Photoshop, and he put in the shittiest pictures of him trying to look hard. And it was in a, a square. And so I was just like, hey, man, are you making a rap album cover? <laughs> and then he's like, oh, yeah, how'd you know, dog? I was like, oh, no, I just had a funny feeling about it. And then I was just like, so what's up with your rap career? He's like, dog, I'm going to be famous, man. I'm going to be fucking famous. I was like, for reals? That's cool, man. I love how you believe in yourself. I was like, well, that's cool. What's What's your name? He's like, oh, well, I go by little blah, blah, blah. I forgot what he said, but it was definitely little something. So at any rate, he's like, I'm little blah, 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 little shit. representing blah, 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 sec, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. So what do you sing about? Huh? Have you written any songs? No. Have you uh, done any type of talent shows or anything or any open mics? No. Let's have, you have you ever like like uh, met any other rappers that share the same interest as you that can help you like uh, become a better artist? No. Have you written any any songs? No. Have you have you written any bars? Have you done a rap battle? Have you done anything like that? He's like, no. But I'm gonna be hella fucking famous because I'm the realest nigga. And I was like, dude. Yeah, that's you are part. not going to become a rapper. You might like have to like, I don't know, dude. Like, you're not gonna be a fucking rapper doing that shit, man. 
Yeah, if I, my kid comes up to me one day telling me they're going to be a rapper, we're going to have problems. No, dude, if your kid wants to be a rapper, be like, that's cool. Let, yeah, let me see. Real. Let me see exactly. what you've done. That's what the go to thing for kids who don't want to work. <laughs> that's what I was saying. But, but also, the, be a rapper. No, but like being a rapper is their legal way of saying, I'm going to sell drugs without telling you I'm going to sell drugs. That's what it is. I think that's what it is. They want to be drug dealers, not rappers? Well, they want to be drug dealers that rap about their drug dealings and shit. So they create their own story, and then they get into funks and beefs with people and then talk about their victory so they could appear to be aggro and appear to be uh, alpha male and appear to be in control. And it's just like, oh, you can't talk shit to me. I ain't no bitch. You know who I am? Yeah. uh, No, I have no idea, motherfucker. Please sit down and shut up and let me fucking teach. What's capping your old fat yeah, <laughs> dude. Fucking nigga ass. Yeah, well, you know, hey, you know what? I've actually never been threatened. Like, oh, actually, I've been threatened, but I've never been assaulted. Really? I've never been. Ass- I've had a breakup fight, and the most savage fight I've had a breakup was between two, two girls, two first graders. It was a boy and a girl, and the girl was fucking up the boy. She was beating the shit out. It was, she was fucking him up so hard. When I was pulling her back with my arm, I pulled her back. And she was resist, and she fucking like pushed me, and she pushed my arm, and I'm talking about like maybe like a like a 45 pound six year old girl. Dude, I broke up a fight in high school. Two girls, I'll never do that again. Oh no, I'll, I'll break up two dudes in a heartbeat. But <laughs> yeah, because they scratch, dude. And they they don't. I don't know. They just got a different. They don't listen. They don't. You know what I mean? They don't respond the same. Oh my god, yeah. dude, dude! Somebody, I was, and then, and then you're trying to be nice because they're girls. Oh, no, 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 no. You're like at 85%. They're like at 150. Oh, yeah. Oh, and then they're fighting over a dude 90% of the time. It's so bad. Well, also, though, guys 90% of the time. And then trying to pull a girl off another girl who's holding the other girl's hair. Yeah. Oh, my God. I saw these. I saw a high school fight. Oh, dude, it was fucking crazy. I was in the, I was in the, uh, because I don't have my own keys to go to the bathroom. So I had to go to the office to get a key to go to the bathroom. And when I was returning the key in the office, everybody ran out of the office because there's like all these computers for students to use right there. They all got up and ran like there was a fire. So I ran instinctually and they weren't running out of the door. They were running towards these lockers and there was these two girls fighting. And dude, it was hilarious because I'm a fat fuck. This was like a year ago. I fucking like a fucking linebacker, dude. I just fucking just plowed through all these students to get to the fight. And I got in between them. And like, I fucking like, I stopped. I was like, Hey, stop fighting. And then, Oh my God, the girl, one of the girls got her ass beat hella hard. She was like muffin face and be like, I fucking killed you bitch. Because she's Mexican and crying. And then like, you know, like, you know, like people are like, Oh yeah, you got to side with Mexicans. Like that black chick beat her ass. And like, dude, like, sorry, that's just what happened. But dude, like that girl didn't even get suspended. Wow. Because it was a continuation school. Oh, yeah, so it was just like, dude, how are you not getting suspended? Pregnancy. And then this poor girl has to go to back to class all muffin faced and shit. It's like, send her to the fucking hospital. <laughs> and then it was fucked up because then after lunch, the next class, I'm like, all right, guys, how'd you guys enjoy your lunch? Oh, it was cool. It was, it was all right. And I was like, man, y'all see that fight? <laughs> and like, you're not supposed to say that as right. a teacher, but I didn't give a fuck. And I broke up that there fight. Isn't a, there wasn't a really rule, but you're still sitting to say it, right? Oh, no, you're not. I think there's a rule. You're not supposed to talk about, uh, um, um, confrontation. Yeah, how do you hold your jobs, bro? What? I said, how do you hold your job? I get fired a lot, and then oh, I get yeah. rehired a lot because we're in the state of California. They still like you, probably. You obviously do some right. Well, I do a lot of shit right. I know how to teach white kids Spanish. I'm good at that. <laughs> I know how to teach English, creative writing, and um, you know, actually, you know what? I didn't know I was good at because I was never classically trained as a musician or anything. You know how to beatbox? No, no I wish I knew how to beatbox. No, I, I actually because I just incorporated what I know from stand up to be a music teacher and to give 
my students the confidence that they need to be successful in the arts. And I talked them about, I, I taught them about stage presence. I taught them about projecting their voice in a way that's like how to express themselves. Yeah, and then I was like, they're like, and I had one of the no because it was all private. It was all girls' school. It was private. I got fired from it because they discovered my social media. They found my song "Twerk" on my smirk, which is not conducive to learning. But I never brought it up during class and shit. But like, I had I had like one girl said, "Oh, it was fucking terrible." No, but I had one girl. She's like, I had a couple of girls ask me different things. Like, are you a YouTuber? Because like you know, I'm making all these jokes and shit. Right. And then it was funny because this other girl in a different class, you like TikTok. Oh, yeah, oh, dude, that was, that's the creepiest fucking question. Hey, do you have Snapchat? I'm like, no. And Jesus Christ, I'm an adult. Get the fuck out of here, dude. What the fuck is wrong with you? But no, no, people are fucking. They want to look me up and fucking. Right. And then somebody fucking found me, just my last name, and they were just like, I guess they typed in Pacheco comedian or something like that, and I came up. No, like, hey, I know you're a comedian. I saw your video. You're fucking funny. I was like, whoa, dude, that is not okay. You're gonna get me fucking fired. No, but this one time I was doing the music class, and this little girl's like, "Can you sing?" And I was like, "Can I sing?" And like, I just fucking belted out some shit, and they all started applauding. And yeah. I was like, I don't even know how to sing, but I did you see how- right there. And I was like, Pavarotti. <laughs> fucking more like polvorate. But um, that's, a, that's a cocaine joke. But at um, any rate, yeah, guys, um, I think that this has been an excellent podcast. I want to thank everyone for being here. I want to thank my sound engineer, El Magico. I want to thank my boy, Mr. Francisco Franco. Franco LaFresh in the house. Yes, please, please. I want you to give your IG handles, promote anything you got coming up. Franco LaFresh on Instagram, or you can look me up on Francisco Franco Studios or FranciscoFrancoStudios.com for prints, murals, portraits, or just if you just want to look at some cool, dope uh, cultural-type artwork, go check that out. Um, the thing, I got, I got a couple of uh, things I'm planning for the next uh, end of this year and next year also. I um, uh, just turned 48 a few months ago, and uh, I want to have a show that I want to um, host, uh, get a bunch of artists together for uh, maybe this October, some kind of deal is more thing here in the city. Uh, nothing official yet, but I definitely am going, I'm planning a one-man show uh, in October of 2022. I'll be 50 that, oh, uh, nice. that week. And, uh, you know, I've done everything grassroots, and, and my it's time for me to have another one-man show. I know I'm not going to get some gallery to go ahead and, and put that together for me, so I, I, I just want to turn it into this, uh, this big uh, showcase slash uh, introduction to maybe san francisco in general and also turn it into a big birthday party so those are those are my long-term uh well they're not that long but they're my long-term goals for for now right now i'm just looking at the festivals to hit man i'm trying to get into these different uh festivals that people are coming out you know now trying to make some money there uh but i got a lot of stuff going on man i got new prints coming out i got new images coming out i got some new work uh murals in the making so i i plan to come out fresh after this uh whole covid bullshit so FranciscoFrancoStudios.com? Yes. Awesome. Please support this artist. He's really talented. He's super humble, and he's a f- I-, I love this guy. Um, if you do have that showcase, that one-man show, I will be there. You're going to host it for me? I, if you want me to, I could we do it. We need an MC. I'll do it, man. I'll do whatever you want, man, if you want. And awesome. I wasn't even doing that, but I'll, I'll fucking do it. I'm trying to have, like, some, uh, you know, back in the, you know, back nowadays, it's about these big pop-up shows, like Banksy, and all mm-hmm. these other famous artists that you hear about today, they all had these shows that they threw privately. What was that other guy? Um, uh, Mr. Super... Na- uh, he had that documentary recently. Uh, Mr. Brainwash. These fake artists. Well, anyways, it's about... So I'm going to do this. I'm going to promote this thing. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring entertainment. I want to bring people like you, bring a bunch of talent out there, and just have this awesome big party slash uh, art, you know. Yeah. Um, celebration. Art. Celebration plus 
I'm looking for sales. You know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to leave a legacy behind me. I got kids now, and I think it's just time for me to um, really put it out there and let people know, let the world know, not just the Bay Area and California, but the whole world know who um, what's about. So those are some of my short term uh, or long term goals for now. Yeah, man. I mean, that's outside I think of those the are murals, outside of that. I'm still, you know, really yeah. Buy out. this guy's work before it becomes like something you'll never ever be able to afford in your lifetime. That's All right? Right, right, and I don't mean that in a backhanded no. or insulting way. No, it's not insulting I'm at just all. saying I, I want to get paid while I'm still alive, dude. I'm looking at your pieces and I'm just like I, I can't afford because I wanted. You I to, can't afford my own work, dude. <laughs> dude, I love you so much, and Thank I love you too, Mahiko. Thank you so much for for helping out and joining this edition of Poppycock Podcast. Please check me out at hispanictitanic.com or on all social media. Puro Papi Pacheco, all one word, uh, P-U-R-O-P-A-P-I-P-A-C-H-E-C-O. There's a lot of P's. I did that on purpose. At any rate, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Hey, thanks thank for you. that burger again, brother. Thanks oh, for having us. Always. Right. And there will be more burgers later. Oh, I got Stay tuned. Uh,